Happy Friday. What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Friday, October 20th, 2023, and the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock. Plenty to get into on today's show. Our buddy Jeff Howe of Horns 24-7 and Texas Sports Unfiltered will join us at 8.30 for a deep-dive preview of the Texas Longhorns and the Houston Cougars. Our man Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com, the hottest handicapper in the history of the known universe, will join us at 9.15 to give you his picks of the football weekend. We will give our thoughts on Texas-Houston. We will talk some Major League Baseball, and of course we will preview the biggest games in college and the NFL coming up over the next few days. Good morning, Buck. Good morning to you, BK. How are you this morning, my friend? I am great. It is Friday, so I cannot complain. How about you? I am doing wonderful, man. Wonderful. Starting to get ready to get back on the treadmill. You know, I had my walkathon two weeks ago, Bucky's Fairground Walkathon. So I'm starting to, starting to, the back is starting to ease up from that. And thanks to the folks that relaxed the back because I couldn't do it without them. You know, even just a two hour sit is, it's just very, very hard for me, but I've got that support that I need, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get back on the treadmill, get it going tomorrow morning, get back to walking, and I won't be walking on the cement. That treadmill has a little bounce to it, so I am feeling good, but I hope the soldiers at Fort Cabasas are feeling good. Soldiers in the state are feeling good. We appreciate them each and every day. Thank you, thank you to all those folks out there. Thank you to our military men and women, their families, and please be safe. Be safe to all, really. Not just to the military, but all you folks out there, be safe. Another crazy weekend in Austin, Texas. Formula One is here. It will be crowded. It will be crazy. And all the honeys will be out there. Oh, talk about people watching. Oh, yeah. Maybe the best people watching weekend in the city is coming up this weekend out at COTA. You got folks from all over the world coming to Austin, Texas. For Formula One. If you haven't had the chance to attend that event in person, get out there. Hey, sentextickets.com. Early oh, yeah. shout out to them. If you're trying for to get sure. tickets to F1, of course, the Killers and Queen, the two big musical acts tomorrow and Sunday night. Uh, they've got those tickets for you over there at sentextickets.com. But yeah, it's uh it's gonna be a hot one, but it's gonna be a fun one for those of you who make your way out to Circuit of the Americas this weekend. Yeah, very interesting that Allard. Uh, Alan, uh, what's is it? Lamborghini, the singer now for Queen, the guy who does does. I mean, he's the headliner for Queen now. Adam Lambert or Adam Lamborghini? No, just Lambert. Uh, yeah, okay, Adam that Lambert. dude, that dude will be there. So it'll be interesting. He's quite the singer too. Hey, there will be some Lamborghinis in the parking lot. Oh yeah, there, there will be for I sure. Don't... I don't know if Adam Lambert is driving a Lambo, but uh, there will be plenty of Lambos out there. There's some I mean, helicopters coming in, flying folks in there, landing on the helicopter pads. Those oh. that don't have to worry about parking. You talk about blue collar, they won't be there. You talk no. about white collar, they oh, won't yeah. be there this Absolutely. weekend at Coda. So, yeah, if you're making your way out there, have a great time. It uh, should be a ton of fun. Shout out to our friends at Circuit of the Americas. Of Absolutely. course, they sponsor the Coda text line. 512-222-9328. If you want to hit us up there, you can do just that. Thumbs up. Thumbs up right. on the video. Absolutely. Thumbs Call. up this morning. Yeah, please like the video this morning if you are with us on a Friday. Okay, Buck, 
dive into the sports here. There was something you said that I wanted to get back to, but I can't remember what it was. So we'll talk. It'll come back. Believe me, the madness will come back. Yeah, it always does. All right. The Houston Astros have evened up the score. They continue to make Arlington a home away from home. I'll tell you what, the Astros should petition the Major League Baseball to play their home games in Arlington next season. <laughs> we don't want to play a Minute Maid anymore. We want to play 81 games in Arlington and then 81 road games. Like If they did that, they might set the record for most wins in a freaking season because the Astros just continue to be great in that ballpark. Hell, they've been great anywhere except for Houston this season. Uh, they're now 18-3 and three in their last 21 road games dating back to the regular year. They're now 10-1 and one in their last 11 road playoff games dating back to last postseason. So it's not just an Arlington thing, but, man, especially in Arlington. I mean, Buck, the Astros scored a total of four runs in the first two games of this series at Minute Maid Park. They have scored 18 runs in the two games in Arlington. They, of course, have won both of them. The Astros now 8-1 and one at Globe Life Field this season, and they have evened up the score in this best-of-seven series. Yeah, well, those little olipop, I mean, lollipop arms they threw out at them yesterday, it was, it was just that time. The Astros just fed off of what the Rangers had to offer them yesterday on the mound. You know, you know walks, bad pitching, it's just – but that was the time you said you have eventually you have to have a bully game where it's just going to happen. You don't have that many arms. It, it just, but they don't have that many arms in the bullpen either for the uh, Rangers right now. So it's, this one is, this one is a must obviously uh, for, for the Rangers. You can't lose three in a row at any time. I mean, whether it's the beginning or the middle or, or whether you've had a, a two game lead, can't lose three in a row. It'd be tough. I mean, I'm getting flashbacks of the 2019 World Series, though, where the Nationals played the Astros. Mm -hmm. The Nationals went into Houston, took the first two games of that series. Everyone's like, oh, well, the road team won the first two. They get the next three at home. This thing is over. Well, what did the Astros do? They went to Washington and won three in a row. Yep. They were taking a 3-2 lead back to Houston, and everyone's like, oh, now this series is over. Like, they just won three straight on the road, and they get two chances to win just one in their home ballpark. And then what did the Nationals do? They win yeah, but you don't. But you don't see that if they get three in a row. You don't see no. – you're, I mean, you're seeing bats alive now. So Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I picked the Astros in six when the series sure. started, and I still picked the Astros even after the Rangers took the first two in Houston. Like, I just don't bet against the Astros in October, ever. They could be down 3-0. Like the Rangers could have won the game yesterday, and I still would have sure. said, "Up, oh, nope, the Astros are going to find a way to win this thing in seven. So, like, I'm I'm smart enough with my money. I'm not like you just throwing out thousands of units everywhere. I'm smart enough with my financials to bet against the Astros. I don't do that type of stuff. I know better. So well, I went four and zero to start. Now I lost three straight on both leagues. So it's oh. I, I'm just thinking that the weight of being down two zero is just too much. You're, you know, you're liable to the trip here and there. I don't think you're tying it up. That's that sucked. Mm, that sucked. Yeah. But I mean, but the, what, what what could the Rangers do? Who would who would they start on the mound? They had nobody. Well, I think they should have flip flopped what they did. Right? They had two options yesterday. It was Andrew Haney and it was Dane Dunning. And the plan for Bruce Bochy, I think, was, hey, maybe get three innings out of Haney and then get three innings out of Dunning, and then, boom, you go to your best bullpen arms in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. But they started Haney, 
and he didn't even get out of the first inning. I mean, the Astros, three batters into the game, had a 2 nothing lead, right? Altuve oh, yeah. started with a double. Dubon had a little broken bat single. And then Alex Bregman, who's really struggled in these playoffs, hits a two-run triple. And boom, just like that, before people can even reach their seats, the Strohs are up 2 nothing. And yeah, Haney didn't even make it out of the first inning. So I would have flip-flopped. Like, Dunning, I think, had the better regular season. Mm-hmm. I think he should have gotten the start. And then Haney should have been the first guy in out of the bullpen. Does that change things? I don't know. There were a couple of questionable decisions that uh, Bruce Bochy made that didn't work. He brought in a pitcher. The Astros loaded the bases. I think it was in the fourth inning for Jordan Alvarez. And they brought in a new pitcher. Now, Bradford, the new pitcher, actually got Jordan to fly out. It was a 410-foot fly out. Oh, that was almost out of there. That would have been a home run in like 15 ballparks. So, but he got the out, but then Jose Abreu came up next, and that was the big blow. Uh, the three-run homer with two outs basically put the game on ice, and Hunter Brown and the Astros' bullpen. Look, the Astros' bullpen is way better than the Rangers' bullpen. Anybody yeah, could have I mean, told you that going Hunter into the Brown season. Hunter Brown could be a starter anyplace else. I mean, he was good. Yeah, yeah, he started a lot of the year for the Astros. Right. He didn't, didn't have a great year, which is why he, you know, got relegated to the bullpen for these playoffs. But, no, nah, he still got great stuff. I mean – People compare that guy to Justin Verlander. Like they say he might be like the next, maybe not that, but he's sort of a JV starter kid. Sure. And yeah, he looked really good in relief, kind of quieting the Rangers bats. So yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, the Astros jumped out to that 3-0 lead. The Rangers clawed back. They tied it up at three. You're thinking we have ourselves a game, but then the Astros, like this is just what they do, right? The Rangers were looking for that shutdown inning in the fourth inning and the Astros didn't let them have it. And the Rangers no. got a little bit of hope, but the Astros punched right back. And yeah, that Jose Abreu three-run bomb, uh, that, uh, that really broke things open and that sucked the air out of the gill. It's almost like you could feel that one coming after, you know, yeah. after Jordan had that one deep and it was just barely not over the fence. It was almost like I'm expecting the next batter up to do something with these bases low, just something's going to happen here. Yeah, 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 and it did. And, and I never felt like the, for the Rangers, something was going to happen. You know, I was looking for Young to, you know, did what he, you know, the night before what he had done. I was thinking, man, if he can come to life and get a couple batters, you know, on base with him coming up, maybe they have a chance. But it's just the pitching just not, as you said, it wasn't going to be deep. The bullpen's just not deep enough. No, I mean, the Rangers have like two and a half pitchers that I feel good about right now. Right. Now, the good news for the Rangers, two of those guys are the starters for the next two games, right? And your season is on the line. Your backs are against the wall. Uh, you've got the two guys that you want to try to save your season, and that's Jordan Montgomery going today and the Nathan Avaldi, who will go game six, which we now know will be necessary in Houston coming up this weekend. But, man, outside of that, I mean, Jose LeClerc is the half guy, the closer for the Rangers, and I'm not calling him a half guy because he's short or anything like that. But uh, I just I, I feel half good about him. He's let me down too much over the course of the year to feel like great about him, but he's been solid in these playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's insane, man. The Astros 8-1 and one in Arlington this year. They've scored double-digit runs in five of their last six games in that ballpark. The only game they didn't get to 10 was game three where they scored eight. So, I mean, the offensive barrage for the Astros in that place is just freaking incredible. They've averaged nine runs a game in that place this season. It's insane, man. And yeah, if you're Nickel a Ranger and Diamond, fan, you should be Nickel, worried. Yeah, nickel and dime in the Astros is not going to make it. 
you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the Rangers to have that inning we talked about during the week. They just haven't had it. The Astros just don't let you do it. Their pitching doesn't let it happen. Their defense doesn't let it happen. So it's, it's just been a team that has a lot of experience at this time of the year playing experienced ball. That's what they're doing. Yeah. 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 What, uh, what chance do you give the Rangers in this series? Do you feel like the Astros have it in the bag now, or do you think the Rangers can uh, bounce back and take two of these next three? I, I don't like it. I, I just thought the second time around, I wasn't excited when Montgomery was pitching the other night. I thought it was just a matter of time before they really got to him. I don't think it'll take long to get to him, you know, seeing him for a second time. You know, it's not like they haven't seen him during the year. I mean, he's had some pretty good success against the Astros, but I don't feel it. I don't feel it for him today. Mm, yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I feel good about Montgomery, but you got to remember who the Astros are throwing. And that's yes. Justin Verlander, who, yep. Montgomery outdueled JV in game one, but it's not like JV was bad. Right. We're talking about one of the best pitchers of all time taking the bump for the Astros. So, and it's like the Astros, you said it's like the Astros playing at home anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still give the pitching edge to uh, the Strohs, even though game one went the way that it did. Here's a couple of numbers here teams that have fallen behind 2 0 before winning games three and four have gone on to win the series nine of 21 times. That's only 43%. So maybe that gives you a little bit of hope if you're a Rangers fan, uh, but game five, the importance of this one yes. today, it's an afternoon game. First pitch a little after four o'clock, right? Yesterday, the NL had the day game. The AL had the night game today. The roles are reversed. So it's a four Oh seven first pitch between these two in game five in best of seven series tied after four games. The game five winner has taken the series 71% of the time. So it's not, you know, stick a fork in the team that loses, tonight by any stretch but uh history will definitely be on the side of the team that finds a way to get the job done yeah and by the way the astros do win a game or two at home every once in a while it's not like they lose them all i know it sounds bad but they they don't lose them all at home no they did uh they beat minnesota in game one that's their one home playoff win in three excuse me in four chances uh, this postseason, but yeah, I mean, it's not I'm like talking about their history. They do win. Yeah. They win games at home. Yeah. 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 You put yourself in a tough spot. Uh, if you're the Rangers and you need to win two games on yes. the road anywhere, but yeah, uh, you don't want to take your chances having to do that against that team in that place. So we'll see, uh, game five today, but man, the Astros have really turned things on and they've showed you why they've been to the ALCS seven straight years and why they've been to the world series four times in the last six, they play their best baseball when they need to. Right. And obviously going down two Oh, they needed to find a way to get things done. Hell, a lot of Astros players were saying they needed to win games three and four to really get back in the series. Well, mission accomplished. The Strohs did just that. Well, that hit that that long can of corn by Alvarez last night is out of Minute Maid. Yes, that's gone, right? Not out at Minute Maid. Believe not it or in not. center field, deep in center field, right? No, but out because Minute Maid's got that deep right center as well. But I think it was out in like fifteen or sixteen of the thirty ballparks. Like he he crushed that thing. Like I, off the bat, I'm like, ah, shoot, here we go again. Our guy slowly moving back towards the wall. You're like. No, no, you need to hurry up and get back there because that's going to be back at the wall. Yeah, and then Jose Abreu was like, catch this. <laughs> no. Boom. I mean, the only person catching that was a fan in the stands. That thing was smoked. It was out of there in a hurry. You're right. Yeah, and that's a great sign for the Astros, right? Jose Abreu was awful. I think he had three home runs in like the first three months of the season, and he's hit four in these playoffs so far. So he's figured it out. 
Uh, Altuve, another good game for him. Jordan is uh, an alien. I mean, he's not wow. human right now. And uh, yeah, no, the Astros are, are playing some complete baseball right now. So, God, once again, Chaswick McCormick had a hit. Chaswick, yeah, McCormick had a great year. Had had a great postseason. Come on, McCormick. Even that guy's hitting the ball. Look out. Yeah, McCormick hit a bomb last night, too. Did you call him Chaswick? Yes. I don't think that's his name. Chaslander? McCormick? I'm not sure, I'm not sure what Chaz is short for, if it is short for anything. Chaswick? Yes. Are you going Chaswick Bozeman? Yes, Chaswick Bozeman, yes. Rest in peace. That dude is hitting balls. Yep. Yeah, he is. And credit Dusty Baker too. Like hey, he look was, out, look out, look out if Michael Brantley understands how to hit again. That would yeah. be a problem. Well, He's, Dusty made a couple of lineup changes, right? He brought Dubon in. Dubon's been great these yeah. last few games. Uh, the decision to put Abreu between Alvarez and Tucker obviously came up big. Astros fans hate Dusty Baker. They don't right now because he's won the last two games. They all pretend like they love him. I did radio for the last two years in Houston. They think they win in spite of that dude. Uh, the guy's pretty damn good. He knows what he's doing. He's a Hall of Fame manager, won a World Series, won 2,000-plus games. Uh, give that guy his flowers because some of the moves that he's made have been directly Yeah, that lineup mixed up right there is doing pretty good yeah. right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So there you go. There's some baseball chatter. Uh, the Astros right back in this series. It's 2-2. Once again, the pivotal game five this afternoon from Arlington before the series shifts back to H-Town. There will be no game tomorrow, so you'll get to watch all your football, at least college football. Uh, game six will be Sunday. Game seven, if necessary, Monday down at the Juice Box. Yeah, and Philadelphia forgot how to hit yesterday. Yeah, that was, they, a, that was, was a weird game. Yeah, what's up with those guys? Now the Diamondbacks get a win, so it is um... – Maybe they're that. Maybe they're the team that needs to be at home. I mean, this, you're talking about losing by one and whatever. A loss is a loss. That's just the way it goes in baseball. You don't. You don't. You know, there aren't any hail marys that you throw up at the end. You just got to pitch your way out or hit your way out of it. And, and, and yesterday, the Phillies didn't get very many hits. They just couldn't hit the ball. No, they had three hits in that game Man. yesterday. And the D bags had opportunity after opportunity yeah. after opportunity, and they just couldn't cash in. And you're thinking, oh my God, they're really going to let Philadelphia win this game. But bottom of the ninth inning, off of Craig Kimbrell. Make sure you do the little weird hand thing that he does. Uh, yeah, they got a couple of guys on base, and then Cattell Marte comes through with well, yeah. the uh, walk-off single, uh, the third hit of the day for him. Yeah, Arizona needed it. I, I, I said Phillies in five before this series started. I'm still sticking with that. I think Philadelphia sure. takes these next two games. I just think they're way better than Arizona. But credit the D-backs. They needed that one yesterday. They got back into the series. Some guy that I never heard of. Uh, started for Arizona yesterday, and he was great. He was fantastic. He basically blanked the Phillies. So, uh, series on, as they say in the National League, but I'm still going with the Phillies. And For sure. If your cousin makes a call to bet on Philadelphia tonight, I think he or she is making the right move. Is your cousin a he or a she, or are they them? Uh, it's them. It's those people. Those people. How many cousins do you have? Yeah, about three or four of them. Uh, it's not one who identifies as three or four. It's three or four different people. Some of them only take a certain amount. The other ones take a large amount of my, you know, my wagers. So yeah. you got a you few keep, cousins. You got to go you, to the right one. You keep betting on the Rangers. Your cousin's going to stop. Oh, I had them for two in a row. And then I had the Phillies. And then now both of these teams, what is wrong with them? Then I had the Saints last night. Oh, Derek Carr. Really? Way to go, Pete Godbolt, betting on baseball. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then Derek Carr throws the ball right into the tight end's hands. I felt so bad for that kid. That kid was on the sideline just crying. I mean, he's battled cancer. I mean, he gets a ball that hits him right in the hand. He's going to be the hero of the game if he makes that catch. Not an easy catch, but an easy enough catch for a professional. Yeah, you know Paul what I mean? Moreau, the tight end you're talking about, oh, had a chance good. at the game tying touchdown in the final minute of Thursday night football last night. And yeah, it wouldn't, you know, it wasn't the easiest catch in the world, but the ball hit him in both hands. That's a play he's got to make. And Absolutely. That was on third down. And then the Saints got stopped on fourth down and they end up losing to the Jags. Yeah, because yeah, you, I mean, knew, you knew Derek Carr was going to throw up some weird ass pass, you know, for fourth down. I mean, there's just no chance of that ball. I mean, I could have defended that ball. I mean, it hit the defender halfway in the back of the head. Yeah. It was a weird game, right? I think the Jags were up 24 to 9. The Saints fans were booing their team. Uh, people were talking crap about their offense because their offense has been terrible this season. I mean, the Saints were 3 and 3 going into that game last night, and they'd only allowed one of their opponents to score more than 20 points. Right. That just tells you how bad their offense has been, and they couldn't do anything in the first half against Jacksonville. And it's like, oh man, the Saints were ready to fire their OC. They were ready to get rid of Derek Carr. They were ready to just blow things up. And then yeah. uh, they come all the way back. They tie it. They give up the late touchdown to Christian Kirk, the Aggie. And wow. then they you get that chance. How about that guy's speed? Wow. Yeah, he's, fast. he's fast. And yeah, Tyron Matthew at this stage in his career. No, no. Chance. no. No chance to keep up with that dude. But, yeah, nice win for the Jags. They keep rolling. They're 5-2 and two now. Trevor Lawrence played and played well. Yeah, he did. Little tiny Tim with his braces, you know, he played, Bob Cratchit. He did. He played in the game, and I wasn't expecting him to play. I thought they'd say, no way we're going to put our – and his – I mean, his knee – he said his knee was, you know, sore, but not that sore. But, man, I was thinking, I mean, that's your franchise quarterback going to throw him out there when he maybe – is like 80%, 70%, but he played, and he ran with it. He was a leading rusher for them. Yeah. How the hell is he the leading rusher? How do you let that happen? That's a good Saints defense. Yeah, he looked like Dylan Gabriel just taking yeah. off, picking yes. up all those first downs with his legs, didn't he? Wow. What would you call yeah. him, Tiny Tim? Yes. I don't know what that means. I don't That's know from that a, a, a Christmas – that's not a Christmas story. It's called a that – the, that's the one with uh, Bob Cratchit and – Ebenezer Scrooge. Maybe it's just called Scrooge. Mm. Bob Craft going to the massage parlors? <laughs> no, no. Bob Cratchit working for Mr. Scrooge. Uh. His son had braces and, a, and, cr and crutches. And he was Tiny Tim, yes. Oh, knee braces. Yeah, knee braces, yes. I was like, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have braces, braces, but he didn't no, have no, that knee, knee brace, brace last He had night. that stupid knee brace yeah. running around. Yeah. He Come on, Saints. How could I ever take that? How could I ever take Derek Carr? That guy's no good, is he? No. No, he's not. The Jags five and two. The Saints, more like the Aints right now. They are three and four. All right. Let's talk some Texas Houston. Yes. And Jeff Howe will be joining us in about seven minutes to uh, really deep dive into this Longhorns Cougars matchup, which of course is tomorrow down in H Town, three o'clock kickoff. The game will be televised on Fox. We will have our pregame show. From 12.30 to 2.30 out at Covert B Cave tomorrow. Shout out to them. Uh, but yeah, Texas and Houston, the line still heavily in favor of Texas. 23 and a half is the number as we sit here on a Friday morning. Buck, before we hear from Steve Sarkeesian, I'll, uh, I'll give you the first word today. Some thoughts on what the Longhorns need to do to take care of business down in H-Town. Well, once again, this is one of those games, you know, 
this isn't a a comeback game whatsoever. As I said, the Oklahoma game is it's gone. You can't you can't play this game as if you know you're playing Oklahoma. This is not not what you're looking to do. But there'll there'll be some kids that have that in their mind just to prove to the coaches. You know, I may have played a poor game against Oklahoma, but I'm going to get that back. I'm going to show you. But it won't count towards the Oklahoma game. That game is gone. It's what you do uh, tomorrow that's going to really, really matter. If there were some mistakes made, you got to straighten up those mistakes and not make those mistakes again in any game. And don't do it against this team. Don't give this team any breath, any hope whatsoever. This is this is where you have to come out in a fast start. I, I would be very surprised if the Texas football team came out and played this game, BK, where you're like waiting three or four series. Are, are they going to get going today? Are they going to get going on defense? Are they going to have the first play from from uh, Houston's offense where the where the running back or the quarterback takes off and goes for 30, 40 yards? Are you going to say, well, maybe they'll they'll start reeling them in here in series number four or five or three? No, I think this is where the Texas Longhorns have to show that they're a, a mature enough team that they had a, you know, they had a, they fought in a really good football game two weeks ago. It was a good game. You weren't you weren't horseshit in that football game. You made some mistakes. Now you go straighten those out and you prove that you're still a, a top a top 10 football team in the country and go take care of your business in the first couple of drives, whether it's offense or defense or special teams. I'm with you. You, you got to get out to a better start than you did sure. against Oklahoma. And look, I don't want this to be the Rice game all over again. No. I don't want this to be the Wyoming game all over again. Hell, I don't want this to be the Kansas game all over again, although the final score in that one was very good for Longhorn fans. But just in terms of the first half, like that has right. been an issue for Texas. And the majority of games that they played in this season, they've got to get out to a better start. And I looked up this stat this morning. Houston ranks 110th in the country in first-half scoring defense. Now, their defense sucks. There are a lot – of stats that tell you just how bad Houston's defense is. So Texas's offense should be good for all four quarters tomorrow, but their defense has been one of the worst in college football in the first half. So this feels like one of those opportunities for Texas to where, yeah, they can get Jonathan Brooks going early. They can get Quinn Ewers going early and they can put up points to really eliminate any doubts about this game tomorrow. Right. And they should, and they should come out fired up. I mean, you just lost the game. Houston's going to be fired up. They beat West Virginia. They've already beat a, a big 12 foe. They understand. They're going to look at Texas and go, why can't we beat those guys? They just lost They just lost to Oklahoma. I mean, they're coming off a loss. What are they going to be? Maybe they got their daubers down a little bit still. You know, two weeks, two weeks later, what are they going to be like? And I think that's what the fans are going to want to know. What is Texas like? Whether you won that Oklahoma game or you lost that Oklahoma game, the fans are going to want to know, what is Steve Sarkeesian and this football team are about after a win or a loss in a big contest like that? You know, how do they how do they prepare? How are they prepared for two weeks to take care of a team that they should just dismantle early in the football game and breeze to a victory? Are they going to be sluggish? Are we going to look at each other and say, even if they win the game, are we going to say, man, that was just not very good? They won the game, but they should have overpowered Houston. Or are they going to say, are we going to say as fans, well, they just took care of their business. They fought back. They understood what they had to do playing Houston. They took care of them from start to finish. Yeah, that'd be nice. Let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian, who met with the media via Zoom yesterday. As my voice fades in and out. There we go. I think we got it back. Here's Sark, the opening statement from yesterday's presser. Great to be back in game week. Um, I think you could definitely feel it uh, with the intensity at practice, the energy at practice, the competitiveness at practice thought our guys really had three quality days of work, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. 
um, with, with Monday, a, a great day to kind of get back to it. Uh, but they really brought it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And um, it shows in, like I said, in the intensity and the competitiveness at practice, um, which is what we were hoping to have coming off of the bye week last week. And so um, I love, I love where we're at from a mentality standpoint. I really like where we're at physically. Um, obviously we got, we got some guys back healthy. Um, and I, I just think we're, we're getting ready to go play uh, a ball game Saturday in, in a hostile environment on the road. We know that, that Houston would like nothing more than, than to knock us off in this ball game. And so it's going to have to take our best effort to go in there and get a win. You can stop with a hostile environment. You first of all stop with that. It's not going to be hostile whatsoever. You've already played in hostile environments. You're going to play. You're going to the park and playing pickup game, really. So don't call this a hostile environment. You'll have more fans than they'll have there. I mean, he sounds more excited about this game than they did about the Oklahoma game. And I can understand that you lost the game, so you you better be upbeat. You can't be going in there like with your head down. Oh, you know, you know, this is going to be a crate. Well, the hostile environment already indicated to me that, come on now, coach, you're going to go in and just you're going to play a team that you are better than and you're better than all phases of the game. Take care of your business and let's move on. So but hostile, no, hostile, no, not no. It's not even I know it's going to be a packed house, whatever the house holds. You know what I'm saying? If the house holds five thousand, it's going to be, you know, five thousand five hundred. So it'll be a packed house, but it's not going to be hostile. Oh, you think Sark's using that as an excuse or something? No, not no. I'm not. I'm just saying that's that. Sometimes the coach speak is just kind of overwhelming. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Like or, the, under, or, or underwhelming. The uh, environment in Dallas is more hostile than the environment that Texas will see. Sure, the environment in that parking lot, me trying to find the car, was more hostile than what you're going to get in Houston. I don't know about that. You were by oh. yourself. There there were at least people at this game in Houston. You were literally strolling through for two hours by yourself trying to find your car at the state fair. Should have drank that ranch water. No, uh, you shouldn't have. I'm glad you didn't. It said water on it. Come on, with ranch dressing. Oh, my God. You would have not- drank that if it was water with ranch mixed in? Dude, I would have had – yes, I was starting to get thirsty there. Why, why ranch water? Why didn't they call it alcohol water? Can, can you, can you give a, can you help out an old man? Ranch water. I thought it was like fresh from the ranch, like drinking from the well. You know, you see the cowboys, you know, and those, the, you know, and all those cowboy movies where they, they take the ladle, they dip it in the well and they drink it. I thought that's what it was. Pure ranch water. Mm, no. Yeah. No, it's not. I'm sure you're not the only old who's got confused by that in recent years, but ranch water has a little bit, more pizzazz to it than alcohol water. I don't know if oh. alcohol water is going to do much selling these days. Really? Okay. Uh, you're, you're pouring isopropyl in a glass of water and you're drinking that. Is that alcohol water? Yeah. What's the deal there? God. Rubbing alcohol in water. Come on, man. I'm good on that deal, but you're right about the environment. Like uh, it's going to be a full house. It might be a record crowd at TDECU tomorrow. Really? Like they might set attendance records, but it's going to be, a lot of burnt orange in the stands, like maybe more than 50% burnt orange in the stands tomorrow. I mean, if you watch that Houston, West Virginia game that you referenced uh, from last Thursday, then you saw how many Houston football fans there were like that. That place was a quarter full. Yeah. How the hell did that thing, how did they get there from Morgantown and what covered wagon got them there from Morgantown? Well, probably yeah. a Delta airlines flight with crap on it. <laughs> 
that's where they used to play. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I mean, it's like, look, I, I went to a couple of Houston games when I lived down there. Like, they'll be amped up for this one. They really want to beat Texas. They hate it's Texas. It's not like the Tom Herman years. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. It's not the Tom Herman years. It's not the Kevin Sumlin years. It's not the Art Bryles years. Like, no. all of those coaches left Houston to take better jobs. Dana Holgerson's about to leave Houston because he's going to get fired. <laughs> like, that's that's the difference with the Houston football program. Like they're excited about the move to the Big 12, but trust me on this one. Like they most of them do not feel great about the direction of the program with Dana Holgerson as their head coach. Now, did last week help? Yes. And hey, we know when Texas comes to town, your team could be one in ten. And the Longhorns are coming there and fans are going to show up and show out because that's, you know, everybody wants to be Texas. That's how it goes. Right. And these two teams haven't played in 21 years. And this is the last time these two teams will play for their foreseeable future. So you know, let's just not let the quarterback get off early either. Let's not let him have success in the first quarter or the first couple series. Now, Texas has seen him before, as you said. We saw him at Texas Tech where he threw the ball all over the place. He ran the ball in, in crucial situations. He will be the first person that you've got to stop, I got to believe, yeah. on this football team itself. Yeah, that's the strength of this Houston football team, right? Just looking at the stats and watching them through most of these six games. Uh, their passing offense is top 30 in the country. Donovan Smith, one of the three most efficient, uh, one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the Big 12 this year. Only three turnovers for this Houston team all season long. Donovan Smith is a great runner. We obviously saw that in Lubbock last year. Uh, he and the passing offense, they've got some good receivers too. That is the strength of what Houston does. Sure. So that will be the task for the Texas defense to try to slow down Donovan Smith and keep that UH passing offense in check. And for more of a deep dive on the Longhorns and the Houston Cougars, we bring on our buddy, our man, who we talk to every Friday morning at this time. You can find his work at Horns 24-7. You can also find his work right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. He will be uh, – with us this afternoon with Trey for a little bit. And then we've got a little surprise broadcast at Z Tejas coming up tonight too. We're making this guy work three different shifts today. And I feel bad saying all of that. The great Jeff Howe joining us right now. What's up, Jeff? I'm working forward because my daughter doesn't have school today. So we had to, I had to make sure, uh, I had to make sure there's a Disney movie on in the other room because I told her daddy needs quiet for about 20 minutes here. Yeah, dad wants to drop some S-bomb, man. Come <laughs> on, man. Go watch some Disney stuff. No, but it's uh, it, it's it's good, man. It's it's good to be working three shifts, BK. Got to get the word out about uh, Horns 24-7 on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Amen, good stuff, amen. man. What's the, uh, what's the Disney movie of choice for your daughter today? Looks like it's Brave is what's on the, uh, on the agenda this morning. Okay. It's on the docket. I like that. I don't know I if like I've ever that seen too. that one. That's what, that's what the horns will have to be this weekend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's some coach speak for They have to be brave going into this hostile environment. That, folks, is what we call a segue in this business. <laughs> there but, yeah, there I, uh, I was a little – what's the right term I'm looking for, Buck? Uh, kind of cringe at the coach speak yesterday. I'm like, come on, Sark. No, nobody's going to believe that going into TD <laughs> Stadium is a, a hostile environment. Like you said, there's probably going to be more Texas fans there. And there are going to be U of H fans. So, um, but I, I think it's good just for this team. You could tell they're they're chomping at the bit to get back up off the mat and get back to work. I, some of those deals, I, I don't know if they had played last week. It, it could have been one of those games where maybe they slept walk through this thing. But you know, sure. they had a week to a week to get it out of their system. You know, a week to heal some some bumps and bruises, get some guys healthy. And I think there's going to be some guys you don't see playing this game tomorrow. But overall, I, I think it's 
better for this team. You really got to flush that OU thing out of your system. Get got a couple days off. Got back to work Monday to, to get ready for Houston. So I, I think this team's chomping at the bit to, to get back on the field. Jeff, at least, I, at least I hope that's what we see in the first quarter tomorrow. Health wise, when you when you say that, there's got to be a couple guys that you have in mind that may not see any action at all or very little action. Yeah, I, I think the the three that pop out are Jake Majors, uh, Jatavian Sanders, and Ryan Watts. Watts is, you know, Majors has the the high ankle, so you know with big guys, you never, you, you know, you don't know how sure. they're gonna react, and and you know with the the movements they've got to make, and uh, you, you know how those things go. But typically, I mean, straight running straight uh, straight line is usually not the problem. It's side to side movement. Well, as an offensive lineman, how oh, yeah. often are you doing straight line running? It's pretty much all side to side movement. Uh, so that's gonna be the the big thing for Jake Majors. Jatavian Sanders, we had heard last week that uh, this staff would have no compunction about sitting him out if he wasn't one hundred percent ready, and then Ryan Watts, man. Anytime you're talking about, especially a guy with his body type, you're kind of a, a, a longer kind of high cut guy. If you're if you're worried about a dude with a hamstring, man, you you want to make sure that that thing oh, yeah. is is a hundred percent. There's no doubt because if you tweak that thing, now you're back to square one and, and starting over. So, uh, but I, I do think uh, you know it, it'll be it'll be game time on some of these guys. They'll they'll see how it works, how it looks tomorrow. Uh, and but I, I think too. Man, the way Gunnar Helm played against Oklahoma, uh, you know, Connor Robertson got some good experience in that game. And then, uh, man, the more reps Malik Muhammad gets, that's that's not bad for now or for your future. So I, I think they saw enough from those backup guys in the OU game to feel like, man, if they got to sit, you know, one of those guys out, a couple of them or all of them, I think they feel like they can they can go to Houston and, and have success sure. with those guys. Yeah. What about Cole Hudson, Jeff? Any chance that he suits up for Texas tomorrow? You brought up Connor Robertson, the third yeah. string center who played most of the game against OU. Any chance Cole plays or are we going to see mostly Connor, you think? I mean, we'd heard BK, you know, last week that there was a chance, you know, he would probably be back by this game. Sark did say Monday that uh, of the guys that are on the men, he's kind of the furthest away yeah. uh, from, from coming back. So, uh, again, it could be another one of those guys that's a, that's a game time type deal. So it's, it's, it, it'll actually be worth it. You know, for me, from a, a media standpoint, to get there early and, and see which guys are not just going through pregame, but you know, when they're out there two hours before getting loose, who's out there and, and what does it look like? And, and you know, typically two hours before, man, if somebody's going to be out, that's typically when Sark will release that stuff is two hours before. So, uh, I would just keep a uh, keep an eye on on Horns twenty four seven and your socials uh, two hours before the game for for maybe some some last minute injury news tomorrow. Uh, Jeff, uh, for. For, for this football team and, and what they're trying to do tomorrow. Uh, your thoughts of, I mean, do you try to get the running game going immediately? I mean, obviously, yeah, now we all know that you got one of the best runners in the nation mm-hmm. on your team. Do you get him going early in this football game, wear this defense out? It's one of the worst defenses in the nation. Do you, do you play around? Is this a, a cutesy game? Let's throw a couple out patterns. Let's get our wide receivers going. Or do you just take your running back and get right after this defense early? It's not it's not the run game per se. Bucky, my thing would be I need to get this offensive line. I need to get them some confidence as early as possible because uh, let's be honest, man, they they were Christian Jones kind of said this after the ball game in Dallas. They were they were embarrassed like they took that personally. The offensive line did when you've got four shots on first and goal from the one and, and you get no points. As an offensive lineman, you take that personally, and I think those guys are wearing that a little bit coming out of that game. So I try to, you know, whatever's going to get my offensive line in the groove, and, and it should be Jonathan Brooks at this point. I mean, look, I heard you guys talking about it earlier. Man, this Houston defense is bad. Like, there is I, – I looked at their profile, BK, and I'm like, well, you know, they profile a little bit like Kansas where you look at just some of the, the, the numbers that they're giving up. But I'm like, 
well, at least Kansas makes tackles for loss in their top yeah. 25, 30-ish in the country in sacks. And I look at Houston's in the 80s, 90s, triple digits. I'm like, they're not even making negative plays. Like they're and, and they do force some turnovers, but it's not enough to negate all the other bad stuff they do. So you're, you're really facing one of the worst defenses you're going to see the rest of the way. So to me, it's about getting that offensive line, getting them some confidence. That, that means getting Jonathan Brooks going. But I also think, too, man, you can get some of your, your perimeter screen game going. Get that, that's the mm-hmm. Quinn yours in a rhythm early. And when you talk about the run game, man, that opens up your RPOs, which I think Quinn is sharpest throwing the RPO stuff. Sure. Uh, you know, that, that can open up some things down the field for Xavier Worthy and, and A.D. Mitchell. So I, I just try to get my offensive line slash Quinn Ewers, get them in a rhythm, get them confidence early. Uh, similar to the Baylor game, like if you go down and score on that first drive, then I think you're, you're off and run at that point. And, and, and remember this, and I think this is going to be a similar game to the Baylor game. The only reason the Baylor game wasn't worse in terms of the final score was they had two turnovers on special teams. So I think Texas wins this game going away unless they start putting the ball on the ground or I'm sure we'll talk about this here in a minute or, or at some point. Houston does have a path to make this thing at least interesting, at least competitive, if they can get their guys going on the perimeter and win some one-on-one battles on the outside, which they've got some nice receivers. Matthew Golden, Sam Brown, Joseph Manjack, they've got some nice receivers where they can do that. Houston can make it competitive like that, but this is a game Texas should win pretty handily. By the time I, I called it this week on, on one of the videos we did or, or some, some video content for Horse 24-7, mm-hmm. I, I think we get an Arch Manning sighting this week. Like That's how confident I feel about this game. Wow. In the second half. Wow. So you're saying we get a Malik Murphy sighting and then an Arch Manning sighting? I mean, at some point you've got four games to to get Arch some action and he uh-huh. can keep his red shirt. So I think this is going to be one of those opportunities that you have okay. to, to get him on the field. Sign me up for that. And speaking yeah, of getting yeah. guys on the field, Jeff, uh, somebody asked Sark about Jonte Cook yesterday. Yeah. I mean, let Brooks eat. That's the first thing that this offense needs to abide by. But can we let Jonte Cook at some point? I mean – this guy, all the hype in the world coming out of high school, it feels like he has the chance to be a really special player at the University of Texas, and he just hasn't played that much. Sark yesterday made it sound like Jonte Cook was a lot closer to getting more snaps. Do you think uh, we see a little bit of him tomorrow? I, I think if we do, BK, it'll be an adjustment by Sark himself. I don't think that's got anything to do with Jonte Cook's readiness. I think that Sark – Look, I said this when Sark got the job, right? We we got through four years of Tom Herman where the receiver rotation was too expanded. It was too open. It was too free-flowing to the point where, man, there were games where you had critical downs where you're like, all right, why is, you know, Kai Money and no disrespect to Kai Money or the Money family, but like Kai Money and Marcus Washington and dudes that, okay, not that they're bad players, but like, why are Colin Johnson and Devin Duvernay not on the field in this critical? Well, it was their turn in the rotation. Well, then your rotation sucks, so <laughs> you need to change it. Um, I think Sark is the polar opposite, where outside of those those top three guys, man, you just don't see a ton of rotation. Like, we haven't seen a ton of Jonte this year. I haven't seen a ton of – we haven't seen a ton of Casey Kane. We haven't seen hardly any of Isaiah Nayer. So, unless you're one of those top three guys, and again, we knew this when Sark took the job based on how he handled things at Alabama – um, unless you're one of those top three guys, you're just not going to get a lot of targets. I do think, though, if this is a game where – and I think for in the in the Oklahoma game, I think the JT Sanders situation – that's going to sound weird talking about a tight end on wide receiver, but we know what the receiving threat he is. I think 
Sark being kind of iffy about what he could give them kind of compounded, okay, do we want to put one of these other receivers in the game? I think if you've got a definitive idea about JT Sanders' status going into tomorrow, like you're deciding you're just going to hold him out for this one, then I think it's going to be a lot easier to get Jonte Cook on the field, get some more. Even if you're in 11 personnel, you can put him out there as the third or, or run some 10 personnel where you know, you're legit going four wide. Yeah, Jonte Cook is ready. It's just is Sark ready to kind of – you know, break tendency and, and go against the grain a little bit and, and get into that rotation to get some other guys some reps. Well, I mean, I, and the other group that has to get off early, it's got to be that defensive line. I mean, from, you know, they were get, they got out physical against Oklahoma, which I, I really didn't see that coming. I didn't know if Oklahoma's offensive line could handle Texas defensive line. And they kind of did. And they did it pretty well. And they did it all the way into the linebacker level because I've never seen Ford play a, a game like that before. He would – I thought he was too busy trying to help out guys behind him. He had a lot of youth in the football game. And now against this group right here, this is where Ford has to get back to being the kind of guy that we understand that he is. You know, making those tackles, making the calls, the guys behind him. Now, whether the call is right or wrong, they should be able to handle this. This, this is now, uh, unless the crowd is overwhelming them, you know, and the, and the atmosphere that, that is too hostile much, environment. The hostile buddy. environment is too much for them to handle. There shouldn't be a problem with – communications here there really shouldn't the communication should be good and they should be ready to go and and seeing Jalen Ford play the way we're used to seeing him that that yeah. should get back to him I don't worry about the interior of that defensive line I don't I don't worry about those guys at this point you know you know what you're going to get from those guys uh, I do worry about the edges a little bit because we saw Oklahoma at times if you can if you can attack Texas on the edges and it's kind of quick hitting stuff on the edges uh, you got a chance to you know because Ethan Burke's still learning I mean he's sure. a pup and he bites but he's still a pup uh, so, you know, you can get some things going on the edge where, where you're not going to have success is, man, we, we saw Baylor try. We've seen everybody try to do it. You're not going to line up and just traditionally run the football right at Texas because no. the interior D line is too good. And you're not going to be able to run kind of slow developing like the wide zone, like in the stretch. You're oh, not yeah. going to be able to run that on this defense because the safeties and the linebackers are too good. The safeties are really good filling the alley and the linebackers are too fast. So, you know, we'll see. But the, the thing is, when you talk about Houston, I mean, Dana Holgerson has no problem like abandoning his run game. Like he, oh, sure. He wants to run it. They want to run it well. And we saw this even, Dana, when he was at West Virginia. Like they're comfortable. Uh, you know, when we saw them at times at West Virginia where they did have, some good backs and they did they didn't mind running the football a little bit more but they want to run it just average enough to where they can still keep their rpo stuff their play action passing series to where at least you've got at least kind of respect the threat that they'll hand the ball off and and freeze those linebackers and safeties a little bit uh but this, i i think predominantly bucky more of houston's run game i think it's going to be screens and and quick stuff to the outside and sure. I, that to me again that's the path of least resistance you know whether it's sam brown or, or matthew golden and get the ball in their hands on the perimeter and look where do i want to take my chances against texas do i do i want to run at tavondre sweat byron murphy and jalen ford or do i want to see if uh you know terrence brooks and, and gavin holmes and, and manny muhammad can make tackles in space okay that's that's a no-brainer where you sure. go so I, I think some of those you know when you talk about air raid offenses and some of their run game you talk about the swing the swing series to the running backs uh you know getting them out in the flat but kind of those long handoff type deals i, I think that's where you're going to see houston try to get their quote run game yards uh tomorrow against texas is some of that perimeter stuff yeah, Jeff, yeah i'd agree you talked about uh look you, you Arch Manning playing. I mean, you think Texas will take care of business tomorrow, yeah. but uh, Donovan Smith, any fear? I mean, we all remember what happened last year in Lubbock. 
Hell, I remember what happened two weeks ago where a mobile quarterback just picked Texas apart. Now, Donovan Smith is not as good as Dylan Gabriel, I don't think, but he is a solid player who you would think has some confidence with the way he's played this year and what he did against Texas last year. Uh, any confidence that you know Houston saw some stuff that Oklahoma did, more specifically Dylan Gabriel did, and they're uh, able to have some success with a dual-threat quarterback against this defense? I do think Texas probably goes into this, at least I hope, BK, respecting the run threat of Donovan Smith more than they did Dylan Gabriel, because let's be honest, man, you know, you, it doesn't excuse, uh, it doesn't excuse some of the stuff we saw from the Texas defense at times, but that was a really good adjustment by Jeff Levy to say, Hey, we'll just go quarterback run game. Or sometimes it was just him, you know, making things happen on scrambles. I think Texas goes in respecting the run threat of Donovan Smith a little bit more in this game. Uh, you know, he, he can make some things happen on the ground, but in terms of what Houston saw against Oklahoma, where you can exploit Texas a little bit. This is my one concern about this defense. When you look at the drive at the end of the first half and the drive at the end of the game, when you get, and, and this isn't just Texas, I think this is any defense. When you get them in tempo situations and think about tempo, right? Like 10 years, uh, you know, 10 years ago, everybody was running tempo. That's all we talked about was tempo. Now we've kind of slowed it down a little bit, and now it seems like maybe we're ramping back up to where some teams are like, okay, let's let's go tempo because you know teams have either gotten in, you know got a, that false sense of security about it or whatever. I think Houston's got the kind of offense, and we've seen Dana do this over his time. They can go tempo on you, and they can have success. So does Houston start out the game going with a fast tempo and hoping maybe you can get Texas discombobulated a little bit? Because what did we see when Oklahoma ran tempo? We saw most of them as tackles in that game. We saw coverage busts. We saw communication issues. So maybe you you start forcing some of that stuff early to see if maybe you can get a coverage bust or get something to your advantage. That's my one concern, BK. Was it is it just some end of half scenario stuff where they were bad, or is tempo going to be one of those things that we're going to have to see PK adjust to it? The difference between Texas seeing Donovan Smith now and seeing him last September in Lubbock, I think we can all agree this defense is much different, and, and Pete Kwiatkowski has grown a lot as a defensive coordinator in terms of understanding this league and understanding what you need to do to succeed against not the Mike Leach version of the air raid, but kind of the everybody that's got their new spin on it, whether it's Holgerson or Zach Kittley or whoever. So that to me is the big thing. Can you handle tempo and does Houston start out with some of that to try to get Texas off balance early? Well, I, I hope they will get after them in the special teams too. I think Texas will win the special teams battle, but can't let the speedsters for, for Houston get loose either. You got to, you know, the integrity of your lanes when you're going down covering kickoffs or punts, you got to have it because they have some legitimate speed guys that know how to return. But I think you take that, you know, you once again, you can take the breath right out of them with a punt block at their place. I mean, that's, I mean, that you're talking about setting a tempo, set a tempo really early on. You're going to win the special teams battle. And there's a threat of you blocking a punt. And if they punt a lot, there's a threat every time you go back there to punt the ball, the Texas can come and get it. You know the thing though, Bucky Houston's not bad on special teams. I mean, oh no, that's I think that's right. where they can make their living because of their speed. Yeah, if you get you know the two things Texas really needs to do, if we're being honest on special teams, you need Will Stone to kick the ball out of the end zone every yeah. time. Don't right. don't don't screw around with trying to let them return a kickoff. And you know this is where Ryan Sanborn can be a weapon if he just kicks the ball where he's supposed to. Like if they decide, look, they're not they're not really good at setting up a right return, so we need to, we need you to corner that thing sure. and kick it where you're supposed to. As long as they do that. I think they're going to be fine. It's if, you know, they just screw around and like, yeah, hey, no, let's 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 let them try to return a kickoff. See if we can get a field position advantage. Well, then you're going to be looking at the back of Matthew Golden's jersey and watch him running into the end zone. So well, that, they, that's they, where I worry about on special teams. Just don't they, don't even mess around with that. Well, if they kick if they kick it to them, 
but they're kicking off eight times, I'm fine. Because they're <laughs> not bringing it back seven That's times. True. They're That's not bringing it back seven times. If you score eight touchdowns or nine touchdowns and you have to kick off and they have a nice kickoff return game, so be it. If that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. But, you know, looking at this U of H team, though, guys, you know, you look at some of the advanced statistics, some of the efficiency rankings. I mean, they're a top 30-ish offense in the country. Special teams, they're top 40, top 50 in the country. But defensively, they're so bad that it just it just drags the other two phases of the game down. Sure. I mean, it's almost like what we saw, like, Texas two years ago, right? You know, that offense, Sark's first year, was was pretty good, and you had some good weapons, and and you had one of the better special teams units in the country, but you were so bad on defense, right? It just it was an albatross. It just completely anchored you down. That's that's kind of where Houston is this year. They're just they're so bad on defense. And unless unless Quinn Ewers just starts throwing the, the ball to guys in, in wrong color jerseys, or you know, that offensive line is just not having it, or or whatever the case is, man, I, I think I think Texas wins this game. And as 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 off kilters that number looks man 23 and a half in a conference game is a big number uh i've been feeling even before this line started creeping up uh, i was feeling 41 17 so mm-hmm. i was not a math major and i was told there would be no math involved in this show today but i think i think that puts me in in safe distance of the number sure yeah just a slight cover right there you better find a good line though i'm sure someone yeah. has 24 out there uh i'm i'm sure they do i'm sure one of your cousins yeah, whoever they may be, I, I was I was hearing cousin talking. Heard Bucky drop a you people. I'm like, I wasn't ready for a you people at eight, eight, eight o'clock. <laughs> always this ready morning. for you people. Yes, <laughs> we didn't need that. Jeff, great stuff as always, man. Always enjoy these Friday conversations and uh, look forward to hearing you with Trey for a little bit, and also man. look forward to seeing you out at Z Tejas and Kyle tonight. Go that, get them. That, busy day for you. Man. That happy hour. That happy hour with Doc Trey and myself, three to five on Friday, oh. man. There's there's no telling what we'll get into today. No, I would say Lord knows, but I'm not sure God even knows what's no. going on. Dude, I don't even I don't even know what's what's on the docket for that. So, well, uh, we got into like Greg Giraldo stand up last time. So, oh my who, who knows what we're getting into? It was today. it was great. It was great. Well, enjoy the uh, Disney movie watching with uh, with your daughter, Jeff. We'll see you soon. See you, All right, guys. See you. There he goes. The great Jeff Howe, Horns 24-7, and, of course, Texas Sports Unfiltered. And, yeah, we've got a little bonus show today for you. Down at Z Tejas, the new location in okay. Kyle. Now, it's only friends and family night, so I can't tell all of you people to come see us. Yeah, we don't want to see all of you people. We like to see you people, but. But I will can't. tell you, I will tell you that uh, the restaurant officially opens tomorrow. So if you're Ooh. looking for a great place to eat, you know, Z Tejas, if you've been in Austin, you know that brand, you know what they're all about. Uh, the grand opening to the public is tomorrow, Sweet. but uh, we're excited. We'll bring y'all more content. So even if you can't, go out there or didn't get the invite to go out there tonight. You can still listen to us. It'll be Jeff. It will be chip. It will be me. And we will be there from, uh, I don't know, five to six, maybe five to six 30. We'll be talking more longhorn football. We'll be talking baseball. We'll be having a good time. With Depends the on how much food they offer you. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. How much food and how much beer yes. they, uh, they come through with. So really, really looking forward to that. Shout out to the great folks at Z Tejas for uh, inviting us to be a part of Friends and Family Night. Yeah, once again, go out there. The grand opening in Kyle, the new location, is tomorrow. So if you're looking for a place to watch some football, to enjoy a great meal this weekend or any weekend moving forward, uh, go see our friends down there at Z Tejas. Sweet. Okay. Good stuff from Jeff. And, yeah, that that score that Jeff gave is kind of in line with where I'm at right now. Like I, I see this as a 24 to 28 
point win for Texas. I love that prediction, though, that we'll see some Arch Manning tomorrow. Like, sign me up for that, right, with the not-so-new redshirt rule where a guy can play four games and still keep his redshirt. Like, at some point, I think we'd all like to see Arch Manning play a little bit in a blowout type of situation. I think tomorrow's game is the easiest game Texas has left. So if there is an opportunity to see some Malik Murphy and also some Arch Manning, I think it probably happens tomorrow. That should be the goal for Texas, right? Win the game first and foremost. But, man, if you can route them to the point where, yeah, you get to see your young quarterbacks in the game, that's a really, really good sign for this team. Yeah, and keep some of your veterans healthy, some of the guys that are banged up right now. Make sure that they don't have to play a lot of snaps in the football game just to get enough, you know, that they're back in the swing of things after two weeks. You know, that they're they're getting a little bit of a game under their belt, but they don't have to get a full game under their belt. They don't yeah. need it. No, 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 no. I don't want I don't want something to happen to Quinn, right? Like I don't want this to be uh, oh Malik Murphy's gotta play. I want this to be uh, you know, like the Baylor game where Texas just has their business handled and Going into the fourth quarter, you know the game is over and you feel good about bringing in some twos and threes. That's that's the goal right there. Like Texas, yeah. and it's one true road conference game, they did just that. They took care of business in what actually was a slightly more hostile environment in Waco. They took the crowd out of the game early. They had that game won at halftime thanks to a 21-point second quarter. Right. And by the end of the third, it was just coasting to a dub. That's what the goal should be for this Texas team tomorrow. Yeah, there should be some explosions here for this team where they score 21, 28 points in a quarter against Houston. They should. Yeah. And there should be some and, and big plays against this defense. Not, you know, I'm I'm not talking about the the 25-yard run, 30-yard run I'm expecting for Jonathan Brooks. And and also when I say get Jonathan Brooks going, I mean get that offensive line going. He's already going. He's fine. There's no you don't have to get him going. If you just do the blocking that you need to do, he will get going. He understands what goes on. He's 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 the best player that you have right now. And you and I think you believe on both sides of the football, he's your best player. So there's not anything to get, to get him going. When I talk about getting Jonathan going, I'm talking about getting your offensive line going. So that's what I mean, you know, when I say that to Jeff. is When I mean getting him going, I mean getting that offensive line going too. So I'm fine with him. There isn't anything that he's done that hasn't been pretty damn good so far this football season. No, I mean, he leads all Power 5 running backs in terms of yards per game. He's crossed the century mark in each of the last four. He's the best running back in the country, dude. Forget the Big 12. He's the best running back in college football right now. And that's two years in a row where Texas has had the best running back in college football. I don't think Jonathan Brooks is as good as Bijan, even though through six games, Jonathan Brooks has more total yards than Bijan Robinson. But, now, if any Texas fan is arguing that Brooks is better than Bijan, slap him upside the head or tell him to get off the wagon or get on the wagon. What is it? Yeah, I know. He's not not to that point right now, but he's the best that that the nation has right now. Yeah, give him him the ball. Like, you you wasted Bijan. I mean, you won eight games last year with Bijan, and you won five games the year before with that dude because you just get rid of take those defensive guys and leave them where they play on defense get those big asses out of the front of them so he can see what's going on in front of them to leave the craters on the crater side you know what i mean yeah you can spread to run right maybe try that at the goal line that's what i'd like to see bk i'd like to see more gaps you know where guys have to go out there and cover the wide receivers people have to be disjointed a little bit the linebackers have to wind up and then turn around and hand it to him off tackle let him make a decision yeah, you know, it's hard to make a decision when you've got, you know, fat Annie's ass in front of you, and then you now you add another one in there. Now you got double ass. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see all that in front of me. Let me see what goes on with my offensive line. 
If a guy makes a mistake on defense, goes in a gap, and I slide outside, I need a yard or yard and a half. It's not like we're trying to run from the six-yard line in when we bring those guys in. It's always like at the one, the half-yard line. Get them out of the way. Yep, I agree. Spread to run. You got to figure out the red zone offense, right? Yes. I mean, that that plagued Texas against Oklahoma. It wasn't the three turnovers. It wasn't the bad two-minute defense. It wasn't anything else. Now, that stuff didn't help. Don't get me wrong. But the reason Texas lost that game against Oklahoma was because they scored three total points in three red zone trips. Like, yes. if they literally just kicked field goals, which those aren't good enough, especially against Houston. But if they literally just kicked field goals – Every time they got into the red zone against Oklahoma, they win that football game. But they threw an interception, and obviously they had that turnover on downs when they got stuffed four times from the one-yard line. They've got to figure it out. This offense is too good. I was talking about this with Trey yesterday, Buck. You've got a potential first-round quarterback. You've got the best running back in the country. Xavier Worthy's a first-round pick. Jatavion yeah. Sanders is maybe a first-round pick. I saw a mock draft yesterday that had A.D. Mitchell going in the first round. Come on. Kelvin Banks, in a year from now, is going to be a first-round pick. DJ Campbell, in a couple of years, might be a first-round pick. I mean, this offense is loaded with talent. Plus, you've got one of the best offensive minds in the sport as your head coach. How in the can you not score in the red zone? And from the one-yard line, how can the you one not yard score? Line. Like how, with all of this talent, how is that possible, man? Like, figure it out, Sark. My God, whether it's the QB sneak – whether it's the Savion Red Cat, whether it's spreading to run, whether it's just traditional run, like find a way to freaking score in the red zone. It is a joke. This team is ranked 123rd in the country in red zone touchdown. That's amazing. Percentage. That's amazing. Like, dude, this this team is has like top three to five offensive talent in the country, and they're ranked 123rd in red zone. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Like, what are we doing here, coach? Figure it out, bud. That's that's the biggest thing Absolutely. to change. It, it might not cost Texas tomorrow. We said it before the Oklahoma game that it could cost Texas against Oklahoma, and it did. Yes, it and did. It, it could cost Texas in one of these remaining six games. Now, none of the teams Texas plays are as good as Oklahoma, but still, you've got a couple of good teams, right? K-State, I think, is still solid, even though they're not having the year that they expected at TCU, at Iowa State. Like, there are still some tough enough games to where – if you keep peeing down your leg in the red area, then you might lose, and then this whole season's going to feel like a waste of time. It, absolutely. You're absolutely right. That stuff, you've had now you've had two weeks to figure that out, and now you're going against the best, some of the best players in the nation when you practice this stuff over the last week and a half. It should be straight by now. You should have a couple plays that you can lean on, whether you spread them all out. I don't care if you take, one, take the whole team, put them on one side, and then have Jonathan Brooks versus your, uh, one defender – that's sitting back there at the linebacker level, and you have one guy on – if it's one-on-one, I'm thinking he's going to get a yard and a half on that defender. He's going to make him miss, or that guy's going to get a, a, a drag in that leg into the end zone. Find Whatever you have to find a way to do it, do it. Yep. 
And Quinn's got to be better in that area too. A text yeah. on the Dakota text line, 512-222-9328. Quinn's red zone percentage has been awful. And that's what Teddy Lehman said. We, we dunked on Teddy Lehman. Yes, we did. What he said going into that Texas OU game where he's like, ah, you know, Quinn's just, just average. average. Yeah, just an average guy to below quarterback, you were saying. But he elaborated on that and basically said, yeah, Quinn's not good in the red zone. Like that's where quarterbacks prove how great they are if when the field is compacted and you've got more people in a smaller space you've got to be able to make those tight window throws to get into the end zone and Teddy Lehman's like Quinn hasn't do, done that and well he's kind of right like most yeah. of it I put on Sark he's got to come up with better plays and Sark has even taken some blame for that but yeah Quinn has to be better in the red area too because teams are going to load the box they're going to try to stop Jonathan Brooks Texas sure. is going to have to be able to throw the ball inside the 20 to really be an elite red zone offense or hell, just to not be one of the worst in the country. Quinn's got to be better in that spot too. I don't care if you bring that big dude off the, off the bench and let him run option down there, you know, let him read, read the, read the end, either keep or hand off to Jonathan Brooks, do something. You know, if, if the big dude came in there, if we saw Murph come in, we'd be like, okay, fine. They've tried. So now they've got something. If they have some success with it, let it ride. Yeah. I don't care who the quarterback is at the three yard line. If they're a threat, use them put Murphy in there man like QB sneak with that guy I don't think we'll see it but that guy's like 6'6 240 who the hell is stopping that guy from a yard out you kidding me you kidding me or the red cat or code red or whatever the hell you want to call it <laughs> Savion Red and Jay Brooks right next to each other that's been a great play sure on third and fourth down by the way Houston is the worst fourth down defense in the country no so literally every time Texas has a fourth down on Houston's side of the field, I, I think I'm going to want them to go for it. And not like fourth and 12, but if it's like fourth and two. Fourth and three, whatever, yes. Go, go for it because you should be able against that group to uh, figure some things out. All right, we'll get back into Texas-Houston. We've got our man Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com coming, uh, coming up in 10 minutes. Excuse me. Uh, he'll give you his football picks of the weekend. Those are picks you should listen to. What the Bucks got. Not so much. What's your uh, what's your big play this weekend? Do you remember? Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Baker Moneymaker. Ah, uh, yes, the Bucks minus two and a half against the Falcons. What'd you say? Five thousand or six thousand? It's a five thousand unit play. I'll leave the thousand just hanging out there until I find so I figure out something today. They have okay. to throw that other thousand unit play on the Astros. Oh, today. I don't think Monty's going to make it out of this one, BK. Come on. Put put all the units on the Astros. Give the Rangers a chance, please. No. No. Uh, no, just 5,000 units on Tampa Bay. Baker, Baker, moneymaker. I can't believe I actually even put anything on Derek Carr. Why I keep thinking that guy is a good quarterback. Wherever he goes, it's just, it's just not happening for him. Maybe he's just not good. Maybe <laughs> I'm just thinking he's different. He just needs to be with the right team, or maybe he's just no good. Yeah, he's fine. Like, he's, he's had a couple of good years in Vegas where he was an above-average quarterback in this league. He was never one of the best, but he had a couple of Pro Bowl years, which doesn't mean a ton, but he was he was good enough. Uh, but he's he's lost it, man. He's worse than he was a few years ago. And wow. Yeah, he's, he's just average at best right well, now. I'll, t I'll tell you who's as good as he ever was, and that's Dr. Greg Eckert. He's, mm. he's the dentist that you need to see if you've got a problem with a tooth, many teeth. Go see Dr. Greg Eckert for sure. If you're interested in having veneers, I got mine done in just two visits with the good doctor. I mean, he, he fits you. He molds the right molding. He gives you the, the size, the shape, the color that you want. And he's been doing this, folks, 
He's been doing it for over 27 years, over 1,400 cases of restoring teeth. And now general dentistry, if you got, as I said, if you've got a tooth problem, you got an extraction, teeth whitening, you want to get done, do that with Dr. Record also. But dental implants, that is seemingly the way to go right now. And to find out if you're a candidate for dental implants by giving them a call today at 512-345-3166. By the way, speaking of getting the right thing done to your mouth, if you've got a kid or a son or a daughter or anybody in sports or cheerleading, do think about brain vault. Now, BK and I, we went for a fitting yesterday. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know what Doc's trying to tell me. He's probably heard of my many falls out here on my property, and he wants to make sure that my dome and my – the rest of my jaw and head are protected and neck, as a matter of fact. And that's that's where the brain vault comes in. And we got fitted for that mouthpiece yesterday, upper and lower. And let me tell you, folks, if if you've got kids, make sure whether they're playing if they're playing peewee soccer, make sure you get get them fitted for a mouthpiece that's going to protect them. And especially soccer. I've been involved in soccer and been around it. I've got, you know, I've got a pro athlete that's played soccer. I've got daughters that played in major college soccer on major college soccer team. And believe me, I wish we'd have had brain vault at that time because they'd had a few concussions. They've had injuries galore. And this thing will absolutely protect your son or your daughter. Yeah. Or even for me, now that they're trying to get it on me, I don't understand. Are, is there, are, there, I mean, are they expecting me to fall down and hit my head or something? Probably. Let's not forget, I still have a life alert, too. So I'm going to be covered in all aspects. But Dr. Greg Eckerd, BK, absolutely is the very best. And if you got dental insurance, let's start getting that dental insurance use now because if you don't use it you'll lose it for the next year so get that done now start making appointments he's taking on new patients as we speak 512-345-3166 dr greg Eckert, he's absolutely the very best yeah brain vault doing great work a lot of the football teams in the area have those brain vault mouth guards the texas cheerleaders now have those brain vault mouth guards because there are so many concussions that happen in cheerleading that uh they need to be protected so the video of the girl who got kicked in the mouth Oh, that. oh, I almost wish it. we could show that, but also I don't ever want to see I don't, that. Again. I don't want to hear that again. Dude, cheerleading, they don't mess around, man. Like Boy, they it, all looks, it all looks good on Saturdays or hey, Fridays for the high schoolers, but they got to practice the practice. Like, God, it, oh, oh, it can be dangerous. It is a sport. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, shout out to Brain Vault. Shout out to Doc U. And hey, it's a great sports weekend. I was up late. Watching the Dallas Stars. Yeah, after my Rangers let me down, go. I needed the Stars to get me a win. And they did uh, AV consultations. No better time than right now to call our buddy Tom McKay, who has a very, very important word for you, Pete. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. And folks, all I want to tell you about is the two locations that relaxed back. I talked about them uh, earlier this uh, this morning about how that walk in the park, as I call it, the fair uh, walk in the fairgrounds have been bothering me. But thanks to relaxed back, I'm feeling fantastic. Now, they got two locations. They got in V Caves at the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free like the buck with Relax the Back. And my guy Trey is looking for that stand-up desk. We're going to get him over there because, you know, with all his volleyball playing and stuff, sitting down has 
really bothered him. So he needs a stand-up desk, and you can get that at Relax the Back also. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And how about we get two birds stoned at once? I think that's the expression. Yeah. I met our guy, Brandon Mars, from Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment at 7-Eleven yesterday. Nice. Yeah, shout out to Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. He was asking about you. He's like, when's the buck coming by? And I was like, soon. He'll be there soon. The garden's getting started up again. Uh, if you need tools for a project you have at home or at work, no better place to go than Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. And, yeah, it's in the name. They've got rentals. If you just need the stuff for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, well, they've got you. Uh, if you want to buy the stuff, they've got you as well. Lawn equipment, stuff for gardening, stuff for construction. Chainsaws. Chainsaws, bud saws, circular saws, table saws, tillers, tractors, trailers, Robert tractor. Trailers. I love that. Rest in peace. Uh, they got everything, man. Top Gun, great prices, great service, great selection. Love our friends at Top Gun. Two Austin area locations up north in Anderson Square, down south on South First Street. And, of course, 7-Eleven. Of course, after I met with Brandon, I went in and, and got me some. Olipop. No, oh, Olipop. no. You get cheese, the- just some Cheez-Its. You got some Cheez-Its in there? A little bag of uh, the Tabasco-flavored Cheez-Its. Yeah, I'm into the Doritos ranch style to go along with a Snickers bar and an Olipop now. Oh, that's your trifecta? That's the trifecta now. Oh, yeah, the Doritos. That's a great great list. The Cool Ranch Doritos. I love how you say that like that's a new snack. What, the Doritos? Yeah. It's a new snack when you you couple them in there with an Olipop and and a Snickers bar. Wow. You combine them all together. Oh, yeah, I I, I do the whole thing. I have to take a bite of the Snickers bar, grab a handful of Doritos, Jam it in there, and then a grape olipop. Ah, the holy trinity right there. Oh, yeah, that's gross, but it's good. It's delicious. They got everything. They got everything at 7-Eleven, man. Love those folks. All the snacks, the hot drinks, the cold drinks, the pizza, the taquitos, the hot dogs. You name it. They've got it. Gear up, fuel up for game day with 7-Eleven. Okay, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, will be joining us here in a moment. Buck, we'll ask Lee about the Ohio State-Penn State game, but I'll ask you for some thoughts about it right now. That's, without question, the biggest game in college football. It's got implications for the Longhorns, right, who are still trying to make the college football playoff. Obviously, somebody has to win that Ohio State-Penn State game, so they'll stay undefeated, but the other team will lose, and they might be out of the playoff picture because, well, that Big Ten East is so damn good with Michigan – uh-oh, we'll talk about them Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, maybe the loser of this game is out, especially if it's a blowout. So I think that's best-case scenario for Texas is that whoever wins, wins this game pretty handily because that might eliminate the loser completely from the CFP conversation. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 if Ohio State wins and Penn State is out, then can Penn State then beat Michigan? Who knows if Michigan will have a football team by then You know, or have a coach? Again, he already missed the first four damn games. Maybe he's got some more. Maybe he's going to go sit in timeout a little bit longer now. Cheater. Oh. Come on, man. That is un- – but there's two – you know, there's those those three teams playing each other. That is going to be – that's going to make make the college football playoff something really, really special and in a good way for Texas with the three of those groups playing each other. Yeah. I mean, only one of them can play for the conference championship. Now, we have seen years – hell, it happened last year, right? Ohio State lost to Michigan – they did not play for the Big Ten title, but they still made it to the college football playoff. So there is a way that that could happen, but uh, I don't know. This year, there are a lot of good unbeaten teams still left. Like, 
Yes. I, I think I've maintained this dance and I'm going to keep maintaining it that things are going to play out to the point where if Texas wins out and then beats Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship sure. game, then they will make the CFP. But as of right now, like that's not the case. Like some other teams have to lose across college football. Uh, we need we need a little bit of chaos to start happening around the country, and maybe we get it tomorrow. Where are you leaning with this game? Ohio State, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The game is in Columbus. Ohio State has won six in a row against Penn State. Is this finally the year for the Nittany Lions? I think so. I think their offensive line can will hold up. I think their run game will hold up. I think their young quarterback will have some success. And Penn State defense, I, I mean – I, I, Ohio State is good. I don't think they're great on offense. So I think the Penn State defense can hang. But can Ohio, Ohio State hold up to the, the run game of Penn State? On the turf, I'm going to take Penn State in this game. I'm going to – well, I'm going to take them to actually cover, but I'm also going to take them to win the game outright too. I like that. And that's that's Because I don't think Penn State – if Michigan still has a coach and still has a football team – I don't think Penn State will beat Michigan. I think that Michigan is still too physical for them. Yeah, that uh, that game between Michigan and Penn State is at Penn State. I will say that. It's That's fine. If it's on the grass, who cares? Michigan will be tough on the grass. Well, yeah, because they'll be uh, scouting Penn State <laughs> and all stealing all of their signs. Yeah, they'll have all their signs by then, yes. How about that for Jim Harbaugh, dude? That's, and then- that's some crazy stuff, man the audacity of him to say, and this is what every coach says in this situation, so I shouldn't be surprised, but for him to say, oh, I had no idea that was going on. Oh, really? You had no idea that your team knew every other team's plays this year? As you're you had no idea that one of your, your, your employees was out stealing signals, but I didn't send them there. He was in an accident. Maybe they were just at the game. How did they get there? Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea that my coaches and my assistants wouldn't be at our game. I figured they'd be at our game. Not- this is this is Big Ten coaches wanting Harbaugh now. This is, oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is them getting after him for if this is if this is true. I mean, that's just out and out che- cheating. You don't send somebody to a game when you know you're not allowed. To, you don't you don't do that. No, no. That we still signals. We still signs all the time at the game. Yeah, you could do that, right? Like, at that's the game, perfect. sure. Perfectly legal. I mean, this is almost like the Astros conversation. By the way, the Astros were not the only team doing what they were doing in 2017. Let me just get that out there for you Astros fans. But, like, yeah, sign stealing in baseball has been going on forever. It's It might not be the most morally right thing, but it's just part of the sport. It's how it goes. Sure. Uh, but there are certain things you just can't do. Same thing with football. Like, you could steal signs. If if you figure out what somebody's calling at the game, you know, a certain hand signal is or what a certain weird cardboard cutout picture is, then – Hey, shit, use that to your advantage. Yeah, but, but you, you, can't can't send a, be... you can't send a guy on Delta Airlines over to the practices or to the to the games with video stuff, video equipment. No, no, no you, you can't, can't do that in a paper bag over his head. I don't think so. Somebody's going to find that out. Yeah, you can't be doing that. And no. we'll see what happens, man. I don't think Michigan's going to get punished this year, but something could happen to them in the offseason. I wonder if Jim Harbaugh, I mean, he just had, you mentioned it, the four-game ban, which was kind of self-imposed by the school. I wouldn't be surprised if there's even a longer suspension coming Jim Harbaugh's way in 2024. Oh, yeah, he's got a lot of money. He's going to get Mel Tucker. I mean, not he's not wow. Mel Tucker, but he's going to get, I mean, he can lose an awful lot of money himself here, except for he'll just move right along to the pros. Hey, you know who plays Michigan next year, right? That's right, the Longhorns. Mm, be nice to not have to deal with uh, cheating khakis up there. That's true. Jim Harbaugh. Oh, cheating khakis. Cheating khakis. All right, it's time for 
my favorite segment of the week because it's a segment that makes me some money and it's a segment that can make you some money. And if you've been riding with this guy this year, you have made yourself a whole lot of cash. The hottest handicapper in the known universe. Our guy, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports Lee. and ParamountSports.com is with us for his weekly visit. What's up, Lee? I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually flying out tomorrow morning to Chicago to Soldier Field. My daughter singing the national anthem for the Bears and the Raiders nice. game. So I've never seen a game. I've been to Wrigley, never been to Soldier Field. So, uh, well, actually I have. Actually got a little inebriated one night, a couple years after college, was at Kingston Mines, and we snuck into Soldier Field, but didn't oh. see a game there at about 3 in the morning. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is awesome. You didn't see anything there. Just, <laughs> oh, I, I, saw, the I saw it. I, I <laughs> My world was spinning around as we were running on the field at 3 a.m. in the morning. Oh, bring some extra jackets, Lee. I don't know what the weather is, but it is cold. No, no. It's supposed no. to be mid, mid-50s mid and sunny, no chance of rain. How about that? Huh? Wow. Nice. That is, that is yeah. striking gold. Well, congrats to you and congrats Thanks. to your daughter. That is uh, very, very exciting. Very good stuff, buddy. All right. The, uh, the games for the week, Lee. Yep. We were just talking a little bit about Ohio State, Penn State. We'll start with that one. It's the biggest game in college football tomorrow. Top 10 matchup, a battle for first place in the Big Ten East. Ohio State's beaten Penn State six years in a row. Is this finally the year where James Franklin can knock off the Buckeyes? Six in a row, nine out of ten. But if you watch tape, Ohio State's offensive line, they are not holding their blocks the way I've seen them in the last dozen or so years. They are not getting to the second level. And that's – you get to the second level. You get your offensive linemen. They get there. Uh, you're going to get – that's where you get those 15, 20 long touchdown runs. Not getting it done this year. Penn State. I judge teams based how they did – I don't want to see them when they play Akron. You don't learn anything there. So, Ohio State played Notre Dame. And Kyle McCord did not look good except for that last drive. In fact, he completed only 56% of his passes in the game. Had a nice last drive but only threw for 6.5 yards per attempt. Unless he plays well, I think they're in trouble. This Penn State team, Manny Diaz may not be a good head coach, but he's put together a pretty darn good defense here. They're number one or number two in almost every major statistical category. They played one team, Iowa. They annihilated them, 31-0 here. Penn State, they finally get revenge. Wrong team favored. One of your big boys get knocked off, Penn State, 31-24. And that brings up something else. With Georgia losing Brock Bowers, looks like for the season. I don't think Texas and a bunch of teams are out of it. Mm. Believe it or not, we could see two teams from the Big 12. Let's say Texas runs the table and they beat Oklahoma. Or the Pac-12 could end up with two teams. This is crazy. So, I, I think it's wide open. This would have been the, the year for 12 teams. It would have been oh, one of the, oh, yeah. the craziest years. How about, let me tell you a team that's good, and now the secret's out. James Madison. Any of you guys watch that game last night? I did. I've seen them before, yes. Yeah. Well-coached team, really good defense. They won 20 to 9. The average person will look at the score, and they'll be like, oh, okay, they won. Pretty impressive. Marshall scored their points on a safety and a kickoff return for a touchdown. I think they got one time past the 50. If, if James Madison had a 
stud quarterback or someone else, maybe a stud receiver or stud running back, they would be a top 15, 20 team. They'd be that good. So, um, like I said, still wide, wide open. And speaking of wide open, Alabama yep. is is the lead is minus nine at, uh, to Tennessee. Has Alabama – I mean, have the Crimson Tide find their walking shoes? Are they ready to go now? I mean, is this I team not the quarterback? I don't know if they are. I mean, he's their really only real option, Bucky. But the problem is this is just not one of these great teams from Alabama. I mean, Nick Saban yesterday going on and an interview talking about he needs the fans to take the Tennessee offense out of it, needs them to be loud so they, you know, they can't get plays off, uh, you know, every 10, 15 seconds. I, you know what? Tennessee, I was impressed with last week. Usually mm-hmm. Tennessee, they melt. They get into a close game. They commit the major mistake. What did they do? Bill Cohen's Texas A&M Aggies, again, couldn't get the job done. They turned the ball over. Uh, I mean, Tennessee didn't commit the error. They played really good special teams in defense. And once A&M committed that error, they pounced on it and – just didn't beat themselves. Uh, I, I, They're impressive. They only had one bad half the entire season. That was the first half against Florida. I think eight and a half points is too much. Alabama wins 27-26. I think the Vols cover. We're not going to see a 50-249 sure. here. No. Wow. Down to the wire in Tuscaloosa. All right, Lee, the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, uh, I hate talking about them. They're, they're they're coming off of a bye after beating Texas. You know they're making all these NIL shirts. They're poking yeah. fun at the Longhorns, and yeah. they welcome a pretty bad UCF team to Norman. Uh, Eighteen, nineteen. That's kind of where the line is right now. Does Oklahoma continue to run over bad teams, or do you think there could be a little bit of a hangover for the Sooners tomorrow? Ask your question, Brad. If you met a dime piece. And she told you within the first 10, 15 minutes, you went to Oklahoma. Could you go out with her? No, because I would have known by then that she was missing <laughs> two teeth. So, no. <laughs> Come Couldn't on. Be a dime piece. Couldn't be a dime piece. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'd have a tough time marrying a Seminole. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> got to be honest. So, yep. at least my wife was from Miami and didn't go to Florida State. There you go. Here's the deal with this game. UCF, when they have John Rise Plumley at full strength is a really good team because he'll just will his way to keep his team in the game. He's going to come back. It looks like for this game, but he's playing with a leg brace. He's about maybe 80, 85%. He's not a hundred percent. I just don't see it here. Dylan Gabriel playing his old team here against the UCF defense. Their best guys on offense and defense have left in the last couple of years. Defense allowed 51 36 and 44 points, three straight losses here. They rank 93rd rush defense. (laughs) They rank 106th in time on the field, 99th in plays faced here. They're also 6 and 15 on the road here against the spread. They're just not matching up against the Big 12. I told everyone this. I mean, a lot of the publications and people are talking like they'll be right up there. No way here. Romper Room Special, Oklahoma, 56-26. Mm. Yeah, big numbers. Speaking of big numbers tomorrow, the, the game that everybody will be watching around here, Texas versus Houston. Texas yep. coming off that loss, and, and we've talked an awful lot about what Texas didn't do, but what they have is a team that's just flat out better than Houston. And, and Houston's got some speed guys, uh, uh, Lee, but I don't know if that's going to be enough 
uh, for them versus the University of Texas after a loss. I don't think they're a very good team. I mean, I know Donovan Smith, he did a, a number on them last year, yep. but I still don't think he's that good a quarterback. I mean, they've lost to three lower-level teams here this year, uh, teams that will have no chance to contend. You got to think for once that Texas is really mad and really wants to take out their frustrations here. They got to work out some things. You can push the ball down the field against Houston. Their DBs do not make plays on the ball here. They have very little depth on the front seven. So you would think by mid third, early fourth, they should be able to really do anything they want and will their way here. I like Texas big. I think they win this game here 51 21. Mm, another romper room special. Yeah. I like yeah. it, Lee. All right, yeah. one NFL game to get to. Uh, man, I, I love that your daughter is singing the national anthem in Chicago, but I wish she was singing it in Philly so you could go to the <laughs> Dolphins-Eagles game. Your yeah. Dolphins, 5-1 and one at the Eagles, who are 5-1. and one. The best game of the NFL weekend, without a question, is that Sunday nighter. Philly, a two, two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Yep. How do you see this one playing out? Well, um, I wouldn't want her facing the Philly fans, some of the worst <laughs> fans in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean – any fans go go look it up on YouTube. They threw uh, snowballs at uh, at Santa Claus uh, back in the day. So that videos I think it was like in the sixties. They are obnoxious. Here's the problem for the Dolphins. And if the Dolphins had faced Philly and Philly had beaten the Jets, perfect scenario. But Philly hasn't played their A game or their B game all season. I, I don't know why. I can't explain it. They got their offensive line is incredible. Two top level receivers, good tight end and Goddard. Swift this year is amazing. You have them in fantasy. You usually have, you probably have a winning record in fantasy football, runs and catches the football. Hurts just threw just three awful interceptions in that game. I do think, though, that their defense matches up well, their defensive line with the Miami offensive line, going to create some problems here. They have the number one rush defense. It's going to be cold. It hasn't gotten below 75 degrees during the day here in Miami. It's going to be low 40s, winds 15 to 20 miles per hour. I think Miami's up against I think Miami, down the road, is going to be a top three, top four team in the NFL. They're going to get back Jalen Ramsey maybe next week. Armstead, their best tackle. A-Chain, he's going to be coming back in three weeks. But uh, right now, bad matchup against the Eagles here. Mm. Eight to say the Eagles, 35-28 over Miami. Yeah, and uh, Carter's coming. Carter, Kid Carter's coming yeah. back from Philadelphia this week. Yeah. How, how would you How would you like to block if, – if you were playing a team like that, Bucky, how do you block a guy like that, that big and that fast? I'd be cutting his legs all day long for him before he starts <laughs> kicking me in the head, giving me a concussion. <laughs> That's the only thing you can do against him. He's, he's an outstanding rookie. I mean, everybody – you know, his off the field stuff, Philadelphia still took the chance. They right. they knew how good he was. I mean, he was he's the best, he's the best player drafted, period. So not even and close. he showed that. He's still showing it now. And they missed him last week. They really, really did. But now he's back and Jalen Hurst has got to get it together. I mean, they've got to do something with their with their passing game. Their run game's okay. You know, right. it's it's not any worse than it was last year. No, but he's not what he's not doing is the the RPO. He doesn't run the ball. Like he no. did that. He's not taking off. Somebody told him, sit back in the pocket. Right. He's got great weapons. Throw it. His greatest weapon and his asset is his ability to run with the football. So you've seen just, it before, Bucky. You've seen it with kids college. Sure. People start telling them how great they are and 
when pro, the NFL, they get that big money. Everything changes people. A lot yeah, of people. Well, well, he got that big money, and he doesn't yep. want to get hurt because right. he wants another payday someday down the line. He knows he takes off. Every time you take off in the NFL, sh- shitly, every time you sit back in a pocket, you could get crushed. So right. he's got to use what, what he does best, and that's for him to take off every once in a while. He's been hesitant to do that. Same with yep. same with Lamar Jackson. with Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well said. All right, Lee, last thing, yep. your free yep. play, a Big 12 game. Texas Tech and BYU, a couple of teams that Texas will play later this season. But if folks want to get that free play and uh, cash in on all of your picks this weekend, where can they find you? Well, just uh, one other tip here. I like Texas A&M to beat open. <laughs> you, do? You, get, you think they get the win? I'm not sure they're going to cover, though. I like open with the points <laughs> okay. this weekend. Okay. All right. Um, they want to get Tech and BYU. I got an interesting angle on this game. Be one of the first five callers, 800-400-9741. Get Tech and BYU on me. Anyone wants to hop on board, perfect weekend. You can get Saturday. We rarely sell one day alone. You get Saturday, seven selections, $77. You can get uh, Sunday, five for 55. You want to get not October, we call it Locktober, two weeks of games through Halloween night, $157. And uh, rest of the season, 747. Also, UFC starts at 9 a.m. Saturday morning from Abu Dhabi. Really good card. I mean, we had two fights that uh, were changed because of uh, fighters ended up having problems that needed to bow out. But Two fighters stepping in are really good here. Kamara Usman, also Volkanowski. So you want five to seven selections there, just $55. Check out the website, ParamountSports.com. The best in the business. Listen, have a great weekend, Lee. Have a good weekend. And I know that's going to be an awful lot of fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. Safe travels, my friend. We will uh, talk to you next week. Sounds good. Take care. Have a great weekend. Be safe. You do the same. There he goes. The great Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. There's the number right there, 800-400-9741. And, hey, the Paramount Sports segment is brought to you by our friends at Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers, Austin's oldest family-owned and operated business of any kind. Bill Cohen, great dude, even though he's an Aggie. We still love him. Uh, he runs the show now, the fourth-generation jeweler slash gemologist in his family's 140-year-old business. Hey, a lot has changed in the city of Austin since 1883. One thing that has not changed is the way the Coens do their business. Integrity, value, honesty, service. They've got it all. You don't need to know a damn thing about jewelry. They know everything there is to know. They've got a great selection, but most importantly, they will treat you right every single time you walk in the store. I was there last week just to get a watch battery replaced. Came in, was there for 10 minutes. It was easy. I was in, I was out. Love the conversation I had with Bill. I'm telling you, he, he treats you like he treats me. He treats you the way you want to be treated. It's the best. He's the best. They are the best. You just need to know Bill Cohen and his team at Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers. Make sure you ask about the free parking, too. How about that, Buck? Free parking. Right here on, on Congress? Free parking in downtown Austin. Like That shouldn't even be a thing. I don't know how it's a thing, but Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers. He made it a thing, a thing. Huh? They are the best. Sixth in Congress, or check them out online at JoeCohenJewelers.com. We love those folks, and we are super grateful that they sponsor our Paramount Sports segment with Lee Sterling every single Friday. And we love the folks out at Covert, uh, out there in BKs for sure. You know, we're going to be out there tomorrow. We've got our two-hour 
pregame show out there live. Uh, And the Covert family, they've been doing it since 1909, serving Central Texas with cars and trucks. And their place out there on Highway 71 in BKs, how about the brands that they have out there? Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And, of course, in Hutto, they have Covert uh, Ford and Chevy in Hutto and Lincoln Ford right there in Austin, Texas. While you're out there, find out more information on their weekly sales that they have by going to covertbcave.com. Folks, nobody beats that covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. It just won't happen because it can't happen. It's can't happen. As that. Also, happen. also, nobody can get you better furniture than Great Blue Heron Furniture. Where's the dog? There's the dog. See the little doggo, top Got right portion of, of your screen. Yeah, you can't buy the dog, but you can buy that gorgeous couch. Dog doesn't come with the couch? I don't think so. I got to ask my guy Matt over there and see uh, if the dog comes included with a piece from Great Blue Heron Furniture. But what does come included is 15% off your order if you use the promo code HOOKEM. And there's a link. If you're watching on YouTube, the video description below, there's a link that you can click on. It will take you directly to our Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. If you're listening on the app, hey, just go to greatblueheronfurniture.com. They've been around since 1991. This stuff is gorgeous. It's also incredibly comfortable, right? Yeah, you've, you've been in those chairs like they look amazing at people's houses, and then you sit in them and like, this sucks ass. This thing like, is killing my back and my legs. Yeah, no, that's not the case with Great Blue Heron Furniture. It looks the part, it feels the part, and it is built to last for decades. So if you are looking to spruce up your home or maybe your second home, if you've got one of those, Great Blue Heron Furniture, the couches, the recliners, the ottomans, the headboards, whatever, they've got it all. This stuff is beautiful. And once again, it is built to last you, not just for years, but for decades. Longhorn-owned company. Most of the manufacturing is done right here in the state of Texas. I'm telling you. GrayBlueHairAndFurniture.com. That's the place to go if you're looking for some new furniture. Okay, Buck. Back to this Texas and Houston game. Let's hear more from Steve Sarkeesian. Talked about the special teams a little bit earlier. And we had Jeremy Branham on, the guy that I worked with at ESPN Houston. He's also the sideline reporter for the Cougs. We talked to him yesterday. And he talked about Houston special teams, like, As bad as Dana Holgerson has been at Houston, and there are a lot of folks who are ready to make a change down there, uh, the special teams has always been pretty good for him. And, hell, West Virginia, when he was there, special teams was pretty good. Like, Dana Holgerson's got that aspect of coaching figured out. Here's Steve Sarkeesian yesterday talking about Matthew Golden, who's the kickoff returner for the Cougs, who has two kickoff return touchdowns this year. Sark talking a little bit about Golden and just the importance of being buttoned up on special teams, something that they've excelled at this year. Uh, and I think he's, he's a lot of the reason why, you know, not, you know, when you, when you have big kickoff returns, you know, I think naturally everybody thinks you just block everything perfectly. Uh, but what, what he's done a good job of is making one guy miss or breaking one tackle and then creating that explosive return. And he's got the strength to do that. And then obviously he has the speed to, to take it the distance, um, and so it's a huge coaching point for us in this game is, is corralling him in the, in the kickoff coverage game. You know, we take a lot of pride in our kick coverage unit. Clearly they take a lot of pride in their kickoff return game, but, but I think he is a, he's a, a, a big reason for that. You know, he was always in recruiting a highly competitive young man, uh, had a high football IQ and you see it, uh, you see it in the way he plays not only on special teams, but on offense as well. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a kid who sets up the, the, the kicking game really, really well. He's a one-cut guy. And once he makes a decision to go, BK, you have to make him make a couple cuts. That's that's what this Texas group will have to do. Stay in your lanes. Make sure you stay in that lane and make him bubble here where he has almost has to stop, start, and try to get going. Because if he gets one cut and you've got an arm out there, I saw him last week. I mean, that dude went right through an arm tackle. I mean, and he's got a lot of velocity. When he's running, he is fast as can be. But if you can make him have to make a couple different maneuvers back there, then your speed and strength should be should be able to, to, to handle him in the special teams. But he is that big threat for them. Here's how you handle Matthew Golden. Kick it out of the end zone. Yeah, just kick it out of the end zone, right? There shouldn't be a lot of wind. The weather down in no, Houston will be similar to the end. weather here. It's just going to be hot tomorrow afternoon in H-Town. Just kick it out of the end zone. Like, don't give that guy a chance. No. He is a game-breaker. And Houston's had a number of game-breakers in the return game in recent years. Marquez sure. Stevenson, Marcus Jones, Tank Dell, now Matthew Golden. Like, they've been great in that spot. But, yeah, that's that's the best way you handle things. Just kick the ball out of the end zone. Don't give those guys chances to make those game-changing plays. Because Once again, if you score nine times and he gets a 40-yard return, okay. Well, we'll still be mad about it, won't we? Uh, uh, I'm not going to be as mad if he scored nine touchdowns. No, no, no. Yeah, if Texas kicks the ball off nine or ten times tomorrow, then okay, we're fine with that. But uh, yeah, we'll talk look, about that at practice the next time. Special if he has teams, one nice return, you know. Special teams can be a factor. It was a factor in the loss against Oklahoma. Like it can be a factor. That's how you let go block a punt again. Go get yeah. another one. Well, that's how you let inferior teams stick around. You give yes. up a return touchdown or two, God forbid, tomorrow, then all of a sudden. Uh, this game is a little bit closer than any sure. of us are hoping for. So, yeah, take Matthew Golden out of the game. Will Stone's got to do his job tomorrow. He literally has one job, just kick the ball out of the end zone. That's, that's, that's right. his job is every week. What about Donovan Smith? Let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Sark was asked about the difference between Donovan Smith last year at Texas Tech, who, of course, beat Texas in that overtime heartbreaker in Lubbock to this year's version of Donovan Smith here in his first year at the University of Houston. It is a different system i would say but i would also say schematically it's it's there's a lot of similarities right it's a little bit more of an open offense you know there's three and four wide receivers on the field they spread the field um and and then by doing that that creates running lanes for the quarterback and um you know what i think i've seen out of donovan you know his his comfort level throwing the ball uh this year coming into this game as opposed to last year early in the season when, when we faced him, he's throwing the ball at a high level. He's very comfortable. They've got a good receiving core um, and he does a really good job. You know, like we, when we run RPOs, we RPO with the runner and then the receivers on the perimeter and or tight ends, they RPO with the quarterback run with, with, with advantage throws and RPO type throws. And so his decision-making uh, I think is at a high level, you know, they're running quarterback counter uh, with an RPO and he's making that decision to throw it or to run it. Uh, and then he's such a big physical guy. Uh, it's not so much of the elite speed of the mobile quarterback, but the fact of how big he is and that he falls forward and that he can run so physical like we learned that last year on a couple short yardage runs, a fourth down run was a critical play that he breaks a tackle to get a first down. So I think it's really important with him that we tackle really well. Um, and, and then we try to, we try to kind of shrink the, the, the running lanes in there for him, especially on the design quarterback runs. You know, he's become a little bit more accurate this year because their, their scheme is a little bit different. 
at Tech, he had those tall wide receivers that he can throw it up, you know, 50 yards for, you know, just a 50-50 ball. And those guys, 6'4", 6'5", type of kids. He's been more accurate. He's got more, as, as Sark says, more receivers on the field. So his accuracy has had to be a little bit better. But they scheme it up pretty well. I'm not worried about him running for 70 yards. I'm more worried about that dude running for first downs. Yeah. And yeah, giving yeah, them yeah. hope for giving them hope for another couple downs. I want those guys off the field. I don't want him breaking away, getting out there, you know, third and four and getting six yards for a first down. I want that guy to go nowhere in the run game. And that's what he did last year, right? Yes. I mean, the Texas defense just could not get off the field in no. Lubbock. It was third downs and it was fourth downs when they didn't get those third downs. And Donovan Smith was a huge, huge part of that. Yeah, they're not going to hand it off and beat you. No, You're, no, they're not. I mean, Oklahoma didn't, right? Like no. Oklahoma wanted to run the ball with their running backs, but they couldn't. So it was the quarterback who was able to pick up yards with his legs. And that was an adjustment that they made. And Texas couldn't adjust back because Dylan Gabriel did most of his damage on the ground in the last two or three drives in the fourth quarter yep. where just Texas couldn't contain that dude. So Donovan Smith is a good runner. And, and, and I like a lot of what Houston does offensively is similar to what Texas did with Sam Ellinger where mm -hmm. in short yarded situations or goal line situations, he kind of heard Sark referencing it there. They'll just run quarterback power. Uh, they'll, they'll literally go shotgun. They'll snap it to Donovan Smith and they'll say, Hey dude, you're six, five, Just go forward and pick up two or three yards. Absolutely. And obviously Texas was great at that with Sam Ellinger, especially in 2018 when they won the sugar bowl. Uh, Houston's not that, but they do that a lot and they do that pretty well. And yeah, Donovan Smith is having a very, very good season. Like he's the strength of that team, the passing offense in general, which I know we're talking about Smith running, but obviously he's the quarterback. So it's worth bringing up the passing offense in general is the strength of that Houston team. And that's the matchup that scares me, right? I mean, it's Donovan Smith and it's the Houston wide receivers against this Texas defense, because once again, Dylan Gabriel, what he did was a problem. The Texas secondary, I don't know if Ryan Watts is going to play, and I don't think it's any coincidence that Texas played its worst secondary game the one day that Ryan Watts missed against right. Oklahoma. So he might be out again tomorrow. Houston's got some good wide receivers. Texas has given up too many big plays in the passing game this year. I'm a little bit worried about that. And I'm, once again, worried about Donovan Smith being able to take off and run, like you said, to pick up first downs. Yeah, you got to keep him from keeping the, keeping the chains moving. You really, really do it. And you got to take advantage of this group in special teams. You should be the special teams leader, whether it's your punt returner uh, versus their kickoff returner. I, Texas should win the special teams battle. I, I do. I think Houston is very good at it, but Texas should win that battle. I hope. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I hope. I hope. I mean, it, like, I hope special teams isn't much of a factor, right? Like, this is, this is one of those games where your offense and defense should do enough. I don't want to ignore special teams. I get it. That's the third part of the game. What you, want like, is them, what you want is them punting the ball. Yeah, wow. yeah, exactly, exactly. And like Texas is all, like Houston's defense sucks. I can't say this enough this week. They are awful. They're dead last in the Big 12 in passing defense. They're like 90th in the country in rushing. They're dead last in the country in fourth down defense. They're in the 90s in third down defense. The red zone defense is 74th in the country. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Their defense is horrible. Horrible, thus, horrible, horrible, horrible. So someone I, like, should have at least 52 points. You 50. shouldn't be – well, yeah, I don't know if it's at least 52. They should be able to get 40, which has been a problem for Texas this year. They've only gotten 40 once. That was that game against Kansas. 40 was the number that I wanted them to average this season, and they've only cracked that number one time. And once again, the talent on this offense is really, really good. Probably top five in the country. 
but they just they they got to score touchdowns. That's how you get to forty plus in sure. Houston. Red zone defense is awful, so you've got to find a way to score touchdowns the second half of the season to get to the Big 12 championship game. I would agree. And you do that tomorrow against this god-awful Houston defense that gave up. I mean, they had an 11-point lead against West Virginia. Everybody remembers the Hail Mary. Of course they do. That play was awesome. They had an 11-point lead against West Virginia with five minutes to go, and they allowed West Virginia to march down the field twice 75 and 88 yard touchdown drives. The 88 yard touchdown drive happened in like a minute. Like all Houston needed needed to do was just, you know, get off the field on that last drive of the game. And West Virginia marches down the field and scores a touchdown easily. Turns out they left Houston too much time. That's how easily they were able to score there. So this defense, it's it's awful. They gave up 40 plus to Rice. They gave up 40 plus to your mark, you. Uh, they lost to TCU. They gave up 36 in that one. Like, God, Ewers should have a great day tomorrow. Jonathan Brooks should have at least 150 tomorrow. Yes. Texas should be able to score at least 40. And if all of those things happen, not to just destroy your special teams notion, but special teams really should not matter that much. Yeah, I mean, I, when I talk special, I'm talking about go block one of these punts too. Sure. Do it. Do what you did. If you can do that against Oklahoma, you can get it against these guys. They've think. got a weak link some somewhere there and have that threat in their minds all day long. Yeah. And I like this from Sark yesterday. Um, he was asked about just kind of his team's mindset right now and what it's been over the last couple of weeks since the loss at the Cotton Bowl. And here is Steve Sarkeesian talking about his team and where they're at mentally right now. Um, I, th- I feel like I've got a team right now that's a little pissed off, and that's okay, you know, that, that they're angry. Um, and they want to get back on the field. They want to play. Um, you know, I, I think they all likelihood. I know that a lot of them wanted the rest last week. I think they all wanted to get out there and play again next Saturday to kind of get that taste out of their mouth. And so that's kind of how practice has felt. It's been very intense um, um, because I think that, that, that these guys feel like we're a good football team and, and we've got something to prove. And as a coach, the fact that it's coming internally, that it's coming from them in the locker room, that's a great sign. And so, um, again, we need to make sure that we execute at a high level, but the intent from which we're going about it throughout practice, and I think the intent that we'll play with Saturday uh, and then every Saturday moving forward, I think is the right one. There you have it. They're pissed. They should be. Yeah, they should be. And, look, it's the same I'm thing. too. Yeah, no kidding. Same thing we talked about going into Oklahoma, right? Like – Play with emotion, but don't play emotional. That's it. Like, don't be overly pissed off to the point where you want to take something out on some poor Houston kid and you hit him five seconds after the play oh, and yeah. take a 15 oh, yeah. yard penalty. Like, you, remember, BK, once again, you can't get that game back. You don't get to you don't yeah. get to play the Oklahoma game back again and do it at practice or in this game. That game is gone. Yep. This is about what you do against this group. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. So I like hearing that though from Sark that this team is pissed off. Like They've got all the motivation they need, don't they? Well, yeah, you can still win the championship. Hell that's yeah. It. That's that that's it. plenty right there. Like all of the goals that Texas had going into the year are still very much in front of them. And yeah, the way Danny Stutzman and Brent Venables and that OU oh. team has just been clowning on Texas since that game a couple of weeks. How do you not back. want to get back to playing that game? I'm telling you, man. Uh, you got to take care of your business. Obviously, none of it happens unless you win these next six. But that's that's the fuel to your fire right there. Just do what you got to do. To get to play those fools again, that should be enough. I mean, if I'm Sark, I'm putting that damn picture 
of the Oklahoma Fears God, Texas Fears Oklahoma shirt. Hell, if I'm Sark, I bought 10 of those shirts. No I'm kidding. hanging that shit up around the locker room just like this. This is it. This is what we need to do. Get a chance at these guys again. Yeah, so. I mean, there, there's got to be some of that. You know, like you said, th- this is this is where you play those little mental games with your football team. You know, you can you can talk about your team being mature. We've talked about this team as a mature team going to Tuscaloosa, but they didn't play mature football against Oklahoma. They didn't come out with the spirit that they should have. So if you got to play a little gimmick here and there, a T-shirt here and there in the locker room, a head coach wearing a T-shirt that says what it says, one of their players, do it. Do whatever you have to do, but Agreed. fix the red zone, please. While you're, while you're playing gimmicks, do fix the red zone on the way to doing some of that gimmicky stuff too. I agree 100%. All right. Shout-outs to some more sponsors. How about a word for Pest Wranglers? Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. There you go. Now, if you're seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, of course. Spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and more. While you're there, do say hello to our good friends Christopher Danny, Dr. Danny, and Dr. Christopher Stockton. They're dedicated orthopedic surgeons, and their goal is to get you back in good health and, of course, giving you that great quality of life that you deserve. Visit them at TXOrtho.com, Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. For more info, once again, go to TXOrtho.com. And if you're seeking specialized beer, get you some Allstate <laughs> beer. The best, the best beer that you can find all throughout the great state of Texas. They've got it in Houston. So if you're making your way down to H-Town for the game tomorrow, make sure uh, at your bars or your tailgates that you uh, are asking for Altstat beer. They've got it in the Metroplex as well, and, of course, all over Central Texas. And, hey, if you're not driving to Houston, but you do want to have some fun tomorrow, how about this, from 12 to 3, the Altstat Oktoberfest. Whoa! Oh, yeah, at the Altstat Brewery in Fredericksburg. Food, music, beer, contests, prizes, fireworks, the party of all parties, the Oktoberfest of all Oktoberfests. Coming your way tomorrow at the Altstat Brewery in Fredericksburg. Don't miss out. That place is always a good time, but tomorrow is going to be next level. But hey, whatever you're doing this weekend, make sure you enjoy your old stat responsibly for your football watching, baseball watching, whatever you've got going on. Life is better with an old stat beer in hand. It is the official beer of BK. It should be the official beer of you as well. It's old stat beer. No impurities, no regrets. Very confused still about Jim Harbaugh, if, if this is true. Why would you put yourself in that situation? I mean, you've got a really good football team. You've missed four games already. Why would you take a chance? Why would you even take a chance like that? I, well, I I'm gonna. I gotta believe this is not true. But oh, when more than oh, one coach, but when more than one coach is talking about it, trying to get the upper hand, actually sending somebody there. I mean, you you already know you can't do that. That's illegal to do. That's well, not one of those. Well, he just hadn't had his cell phone with him. And he took a couple pictures. No, 
it sounds like this is videoed. I mean, I mean, how do you do that? How do you get to that point if you're a guy of this guy's stature? I mean, really? This has to be true. Come on. Like every cheating allegation in sports, I assume is true. To me, you're guilty until proven innocent when it comes to this shit. There's that's, just that's a, I mean, if TMZ tells me this is true, I'm gonna go, okay. Man. And it's true because they pay for their information. This is I, I don't know. I Jim Harbaugh would have to be. I mean, this is this is somebody that's a a sort of staff member, you know, a, not officially, but is getting paid something to take this trip. They're going to investigate why you're there, you know, flight arrangements, the whole works. If you're on that Delta plane that somebody shit on, I mean, they're going to they're going to know everything about this. And if other coaches are talking about it, well, this is what we found out. Here's what some of our people are telling us where this dude sat and what he had with him. It's not going to be good. No, it's not. And my guess is Michigan's been doing this for the last couple of years, right? Jim Harbaugh, remember what the conversation was like three years ago? Was that he can't beat Ohio State and yes. he's not the right guy and maybe Michigan needs to make a move. And all of a sudden, the last couple of years, his team makes the college football playoff. They beat Ohio State. They're one of the best teams in the country. And here they are again, sitting at number two in all the land with another chance to beat Ohio State. My sleeper? How can my sleeper be like that? We think it's, do we think it's just a coincidence? I mean, look, it could be. Like it, 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 I guess it could be because Michigan recruits well enough and Harbaugh's a good enough coach to where, okay, at some point, him overtaking Ohio State would make some sense. But I, I see stuff like this, and I'm like, ah, oh, no, I think this is probably why that they've been – the best team in the Big Ten the last couple of years. It's because they've been stealing signs illegally, and they've known exactly what every opponent, except for TCU apparently, is going to do. Wow. They didn't send anybody down for that game, huh? They forgot about the games against TCU. They just thought they could beat that group. I guess so. Yeah, they're like, ah, let's uh, let's send – we'll we'll send everybody to uh, the Georgia-Ohio State game to make sure we're prepared for – Whoever wins that one for the national championship, but they uh, forgot to do some scouting for the horny toad. They're gonna get they're gonna get emails, text messages, the whole works here. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, I'm telling you, man. I, nothing's gonna happen to Michigan this year, at least I don't think. I mean, people will talk about this, and we might learn more about this story over the next few weeks. But uh, my guess is this off season, we get a resolution to this investigation. And, and that will be the end of Jim Harbaugh. If it's true, he will be gone. He will leave. He will. Oh, he'll leave on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he'll just head to the NFL. He's had some chances sure. in recent years. He's flirted in recent years. He's obviously been an NFL coach before and was a great one in San Francisco for a number of years. But uh, yeah, no, that we've, we've seen this happen before. I mean, Pete Carroll, prime example, right? He was about got to get a little hot here. Got a little hot at USC. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. Know. I mean, USC got punished and he was about to get punished and he's like, oh, I'm just going to go to Seattle and not deal with any of this. Uh, yeah, that, that might be what Harbaugh ends up doing. So we'll see. Maybe Texas will see a different coach when they travel to Ann Arbor early in 2024. But a crazy situation there without question. They're guilty. Are they guilty as uncharged right now with you though? Oh yeah. When it comes to cheating in sports, it's not like a Harbaugh thing. It's not a Michigan thing. It's just, it's it's cheating in sports. It's peanut butter and jelly. They've gone together since the beginning of time. You don't have to cheat if you're there. Michigan doesn't have to cheat. What is wrong with them? Well, Harbaugh realized his seat was warming up a little bit. Hey, Mel Tucker's seat, his seat was warming up too. What did he do? Speaking of cheating. He yes, cheated. he did, didn't he? 
cheating in sports. It, it's more than just one, right? <laughs> plenty of cheating on spouses going on in sports too. That please know. What's in the water there in Michigan? I don't know. What's in the water at Jack Allen's Kitchen is there. You go. Love that place, man. I got. I keep saying I'm going to go there. I'm. I'm going there this weekend. It's decided. We're getting some food at Jack Allen's Kitchen. Stuff is incredible. So many. You know, Jack options. had his start down at Z Tejas. The whole Z Tejas folks. He was a part of the beginning of that. So you'll get a chance to taste some of the some of the cuisine that he was a, very much a part of a long, long time ago. There we and go. Th- and now, of course, at Jack. I mean, at Jack Allen's Kitchen, it is very, very special at that place. So good. Five Austin area locations. Fantastic food: burgers, quesadillas, tacos, salads, the pimento cheese. Oh yeah, and the crackers. Yes, to start it out. Yes. Uh, doesn't get better than that. They got TVs. They got Altstad beer and all the beers you want. Uh, great food. Jack Allen's Kitchen. Go see them this weekend. All right, Buck. Any uh, final thoughts? We'll give our Texas-Houston official prediction during our pregame show tomorrow out at Covert Bee Cave. That's uh, from 1230 to 2.30. Any final football or baseball thoughts before we get out of here? Any last thousand-unit play you want to make? No, I, I'm, I'm my other thousand. I'll just put the last thousand. Five thousand on Tampa Bay. One thousand on the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. All right. Yes. A couple of NFL games for the Bucks. We'll, so we'll be even. We'll all be even. Congrats to the Atlanta Falcons and congrats to the Miami Dolphins on their what? wins this weekend. That's how Big Man Carter's back there, Tua. Be careful. Get that brain vault in. Yeah, no kidding. All right, let's bring the fellas on, of course, coming up right now. A little bit of chaos theory with Wags and Rodney. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Uh, we are doing good. Does this mic work? Yeah, it's working fine. I can hear you. You sound like a great, you sound like a great PA announcer right there, my man. Right. You talking about Rick Epstein? <laughs> Rick, Rick Epstein or Bob Cole? One of the two. I, I don't well, know. I can, uh, which which is more flattering uh, to you? <laughs> Good. Well, let me tell you about my friends at Dakota this weekend, Rodney. Well, I hope so. Uh, I think I'm supposed to go out there and work, but uh, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to get my credentials verified. And they're like, okay, we have to check with corporate. And I'm like, holy shit, corporate's wherever. But one way or the other, I will be there. And I've got the Formula One. I've got this. There you uh, go. I got the Formula One cap. And you know what's so funny is when you talk about Formula One and NASCAR, kind of the differences. You know, I, I bought this cap. This cap at, at, at the NASCAR would probably cost, I don't know, 35 bucks, which that's way too much. This this baby right here, Buck, $72.37 after oh, taxes, my man. <laughs> How about that? that? Would they have a pro shop there or something that you went into? They, like, they've, got, they've got the Formula One shop, and then everybody – uh, you got the Red Bull, you got the McLaren. Uh, I mean, their merchandise. I mean, it is definitely a different world right there because it, it's like, I mean, the shit is nice. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, the shit is nice. But I mean, the bad thing is with this one, it's like, I, I just have a big melon, I guess, because it's like, I have to have it on the last little thing right there to make it fit, you know, but uh, hey, whatever. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. You go there and you that soak that stuff in. That's what it's all about. What's man, that? BK paying you a lot of money. My God. I tell you, man, I, I am. Hat? I, I, you know, at the other place, I was just a raggedy dag Saturday guy. And then I, I come in here to this place and it's like, shoot, man, I feel like Colin Cowherd around here. Well, at least at it. this place, they put money in your pocket. At the other place, they were trying to steal it out of your pocket. <laughs> you know, they, 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 uh, they weren't givers. They were very much takers over there. If you could uh, ever hear them, but obviously you can't. 
Uh, ever here. Well, We're all one today. Do I, would I ever stop? Why should I ever stop? I should never stop. I should, there's certain things Could, you never Did forget. anybody tell you to stop? I want you to keep going. I said, I know We're you do. One. I know you do. Absolutely. Oh no, my I mean, you're preaching to the choir, man. I'm 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 the I'm the act like today, man, carrying the damn uh candle going down <laughs> the aisle and shit. Our network is like, what's the football movie with Burt Reynolds that, that, that they remade uh, with all the prisoners? North Dallas 40? No. no. Longest no, that, Yard. That's Mac Davis. <laughs> Nick Nolte. The Longest Yard. That's yeah. us. We are the Longest Yard right here in this, yes, uh, we are. In this organization Absolutely. right here. I like Listen, it. Listen, boys, right, boys. Have a great one.